Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and Finback Beer gave us a whale of a hangover. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. We are the Drunk Guys, and this is a really special episode for us. It's our first road episode. We recorded the other day at the Finback Brewery in Glendale, New York. We were joined by Eric, one of their staff, who talked about Moby Dick with us and took us through 14 different Finback beers. Mm-hmm. This was a weeknight. I was there, I think. <laughs> it was... An amazing near religious experience for me. Um, <laughs> the beer was delicious. It was excellent. They set us up in there. We tweeted some pictures and Instagrammed, which is on the Insta. On the Insta. I think that's what the kids say. I believe it. Uh, Finbex is a Finsta. No, sorry. No, I don't. Think, I don't <laughs> think they do. <laughs> they don't have a Finsta. Okay. Uh, so we spent a lot of time there. Recorded several hours of stuff that you are about to listen to. So yeah, if there's a little background noise. It's because we were uh, recording in a live environment. So enjoy. All right. Well, welcome, everyone. My name's Eric. Thank uh, you. We are at Finback Brewery. We're located in uh, Glendale, Queens, and we're coming up on our four-year anniversary uh, early next month. And so, yeah, we're really happy you guys are here today. Uh, I'm a Not production as, as we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a production assistant here, so, uh, but I've been here, yeah, over three years now, so pretty familiar with most of what's going on. Excellent. Do you, have you ever, like, had an idea for a beer or something and got it made? Um, uh, yeah, but I'm not sure if I'm supposed to tell you that. Oh, all right. <laughs> do you brew Trace as a, a hobby? Like, do you, are you a home brewer? No, I never actually started as a home brewer. I'm originally uh, moved out here from Portland, Oregon. It seemed like everybody was home brewing and making their own vinegar and had goats and chickens. Uh, <laughs> Kombucha. And then I moved to New York and actually ended up working at a brewery, uh, but without any prior home brew experience. Uh, I'm not actually a brewer. Since starting here, I've done some pilot patch system. Uh, Brews, but no, uh, no more homebrew. This is no room <laughs> in my house. Oh, sure, <laughs> New York, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Finback doesn't actually repeat many beers. Not a lot. So we specialize on IPAs, barrel aging, and sours. Uh, it's difficult to recreate a barrel aged beer, uh, just because we are dealing with such an organic product that it's a little like hitting a moving target. And the IPAs, we like to mix up the different hops that we're playing with, the different malt bases that we're playing with, and so that we're always creating something new and fresh uh, that everybody's interested in. We do rotate through some seasonal beers. Uh, we're doing a little bit more of that than we have, uh, say, you know, obviously three years ago. But uh, so we'll have some more of like what we would consider summer beers, like a the Smooth Beats Miami is a coconut IPA, uh, maybe the Star Child, which is a sour that we've done a couple of times. But a lot of them we. Uh, don't brew a second time unless we love them or you know there's a uh, a big presence in the uh, in the world that wants them so we, we rotate through with it a lot which is nice i mean uh, there's always you can't fall in love with a beer here is the downside because mm-hmm. uh, it might not be there when you come back uh but you know you'll be really pleasantly surprised if it does come back but there's always another one on to replace it so it's a it's a good uh, feeling we have 12 different taps so hopefully there's something everybody likes this is definitely, I mean, of the, of the drunk guys, this is my fir- not my first time here. The other guys, it is their first time. And every time I come here, I have to drink for the cycle and uh, <laughs> try everything. And, you know, I, don't, I, I live in Queens, but not, I mean, this place is kind of remote. Mm-hmm. I mean, Queens is remote, but. <laughs> Slightly Glendale. <laughs> Glendale is like the middle of the Twilight Zone <laughs> in the middle of Queens. But every time I come, there's like one or two beers that I'll say, I think I've had that one before. And then everything else is new, mm-hmm. which is exciting for me to try different stuff all the time. I don't know if you guys think cool. that kind of thing. Do you get to keep the barrels? <laughs> yeah, we actually have... Is all you, the you furniture in your apartment just made of barrels? <laughs> I have a, a barrel bed and a barrel couch. Um, yeah, so we keep all the barrels. We have... It's well over 200 barrels right now in rotation. Most of them are going to be used once and then discarded. We have a few that... Well, actually, I mean, we've only discarded like two. Some have been made into furniture for the tap room, but for the most part, we don't sell them or anything like that. So they're, uh, we have a few that we've reused, but, but most of them are one-offs, and, and we just kind of crank them out and... 
And mostly bourbon, or because that seems well, to be the yeah, thing. Yeah, that seems to be the thing. Is a lot of bourbon barrels. Uh, we do have red wine barrels, white wine barrels. There was some rum barrels kicking around, some brandy barrels. Uh, we're hoping to get you know like tequila, mezcal, some different types of b- barrels that we can play with. Uh, but it's hard to source. Like you know, I need a dozen of these barrels <coughs> cheaply mm-hmm. uh, com- <laughs> compared to bourbon. You're able to get a get, a, get your hands on those a little bit easier. Some we source actually just from Long Island Distillery. So we'll just go on out and check the different barrels. Uh, and some we buy from a like a barrel distributor, which I didn't even know existed until I started no. working there. There's uh, something for everyone. Yeah, exactly. I'd heard in I'd read in uh, like the '90s bourbon barrel. Up, up until the 90s, bourbon, bourbon manufacturers couldn't, like, pay people to take away the barrels. Like, they'd, like, oh, pay to yeah. throw them out or recycle them because bourbon has to be single-use, a yep. brand-new barrel. So they had all these barrels. They had to throw out the barrel afterwards, and then brewers started too using Too many cool desks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm not the beer historian, but, yeah, I think that it was uh, Goose Island when they started barrel-aging, uh, and then it's really just taken off from there. So everybody that has a brewery, you can go in. And even if they only have, like, four barrels, they'll still barrel-age something. So it's definitely... You know, we've we've helped out the uh, the whiskey bourbon guys by uh, buying barrels off of them, because uh, yeah, you can only make so many lawn chairs. <laughs> but that is the hip thing. Like now, yeah, Goose Island, I think is they claim to have started in '92. Mm-hmm. Though there's like conspiracy theories that they didn't start until '94, '95 <laughs> on the internet. If you get because I've the spent a lot of time going down that wormhole. <laughs> and um, you know, now they make like seven different bourbon barrel beers a year. You know, and, mm-hmm. and they're just one, and they have like huge distribution. What's your guys? I mean, obviously New York City. I guess you distribute to. We're probably not super far. Yeah, so we're self-distributed in New York City. So we distribute to four of the five boroughs uh, ourselves. Staten Island. Mm, how'd you guess? <laughs> <laughs> the not real borough. Yeah. So we uh, <laughs> distribute to four of the five boroughs ourselves. Uh, we also distribute some out onto Long Island. Uh, we distribute up upstate and then uh, also to the Boston area. And then we recently started into Rhode Island. So yeah, it's still a pretty local local scene that we're working with. Like an, I'm picturing like an ice cream truck, but it's the Finback truck, and there's a guy <laughs> going to distribute. Like oh yeah, you make it shaped like a whale. Yeah, like you haven't seen it. Yet? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there is a there are there's, in New York City. It's a black one with a big whale on the side, and up in Boston, there's a blue one with a big whale on the side. Uh, yeah, so Finback the brewery is actually named after a whale. Uh, that uh, the guys that opened up the brewery were searching for. Uh, what should we call this place? Uh, and they had some different names they were working with, but. Uh, uh, about the time they located this location, a whale had beached itself not too far from here and uh, died. And it turned out that it was a finback whale. So, you know, part of it's like, well, that's pretty unique. So there's no other brewery calling itself finback brewery. Uh, and it also a little bit of a sign, a little bit of an honor to that whale passing. So I guess you guys aren't fans of uh, sperm whale hunting here. <laughs> You're honoring the dead whale. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Here's a question. And maybe this is also supposed to be secret. But what finback beer have you drunk the most of? Me, personally? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Uh, right now, I'm drinking the Star Child. Uh, I would say that one or the Red Shift. Uh, both are sours. I actually can't drink two. I mean, I can drink a decent amount of IPAs, but uh, I, I say and do weird things when I do that, so I'll stick with the uh, lower... Well, never happened <laughs> So I'll never. stick with the lower ABV uh, sour beers. Um, the Finback IPA, we do year-round, so I've definitely had a decent amount of those. Uh, but whenever we have the red shift available, I, uh, that's my, like, it's a cranberry use a sour. Uh, so it's got a little little bit of a tang uh, to it that I love. But, yeah, uh, so it's probably the sours. It's probably a little bit more what I'm drinking than the uh, 10% IPAs that we're putting out as well. It's all about balance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you do, like, uh, uh, kettle sours? Or are they? Yeah, most of what we do for sours is going to be the kettle souring instead of, like, what you would consider, like, an open wild fermentation. Lambic or something? Yeah, exactly. Uh, we do have some of those going in the barrels around us right now. Uh, yeah, we, I don't know if we said we were in the barrel room, yeah. which is an intimidating place. 
uh, I wouldn't call it intimidating. It's just, you know, it's, I feel like... Fear like, of uh, barrels. Yeah. Yeah. Liver quivers. <laughs> just being exactly. in here. I feel like there's uh, some work to be done in here. There's uh, four, like, four stacks high barrels. Uh, it's really cool. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, hints of what's in it, like, chalk stuff written on there that, like, you could, like, this is aged since November of 17, it looks like. Yeah, some of them will say the name of, like, if it's a collaboration like that one, it's a, a brewery out of California, uh, Horus. Uh, this other one next to us is Kane. So it's like breweries that we've collaborated with. Kane's just over in uh, Jersey, uh, New Jersey. Uh, the one on the other side is Transmitters, so New York City. Story, so, I think. Yeah, and then other ones will just under have under the, the bridge. N- yeah, uh, and then other ones will just have the name of the beer itself. So like Harambe is a beer that we made. Yes, <laughs> never, <laughs> ne- never forget. <laughs> never forget. Unless you drink a lot of that beer. <laughs> so how hard is it to come up with names like? Because that's like our whole shtick is built around finding a beer with a funny name that we could twist mm-hmm. to connect to our book. So because craft breweries have such weird names for beers, mm-hmm. it's like that's what keeps us yeah, able to find stuff. But you guys have to have new names like on an almost daily basis. Yeah, that's part of the downside of everything being basically a one-off is that you're like, oh, what are we calling this one? You just have like I need to make labels. magnets on the fridge. Yeah. And uh, and th- there, there is a bit of a, a method to the madness. Kevin, one of the owners, comes up, and Basil, the other owner, they come up with all the names. Some of them, like the science stuff, seems to be re- related more towards the sours. So, uh, but you know, of course, Star Child. I don't know. It'll be more like planet. Big kiss. Yeah, the kiss. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say some of it's planetary, some so. of it's music related, some of it's you know, topical. Yeah, there's a you know, like. Um, between the Dead is a beer that we make. If you've ever been to Glendale, you'll notice that we are completely surrounded by cemeteries. Uh, so we've had a few cemeterial dead kind of names. There's a beer on draft now that's the Spirit of the Dead watching. Uh, but yeah, like... It's the official seal of Glendale. Is that? <laughs> uh, we actually put something on the bottom of every can. So every time we can, which is a couple of times a week, coming up with, what are we putting on the bottom of the can this time? <laughs> you know, it's like, well, what did Trump tweet this week? <laughs> you know, or, you know, what holiday is coming up or something like that. So those ones are... Even more difficult than they should be. Um, I don't think I ever checked the bottom. I've never looked. Well, it also no. has the date that we can it on the bottom, so you can tell how fresh it is. But yeah, do you guys don't? I mean, what's the capacity of uh, the brewery here? Because you... that is a question I'm supposed to know the answer to, but I don't. Uh, if I said three thousand and it was right, I'd feel good. But barrels, uh, um, I feel like it's a little less than that, though. Um, so yeah. Well, in terms of like New York City brewery, is that like middle size? Is that small? Is that big? Because there's a few, there's quite it's, a few. Yeah, the there's. Um, I would say. I mean, obviously, Brooklyn Brewery is going to be the largest in the city. Um, Isn't that most of their stuff not even brewed in the city though? It's like brewed. Uh, you might be thinking Six Point. Oh, well, actually, Brooklyn. I think Bro- Brooklyn's yeah. pretty big. But yeah. I think I think I thought some of it's not brewed in Brooklyn. It's brewed in like a. I know that they off- were looking for an off-site location, but then they had some hiccups with that. Oh. Uh, so I'm not like, sure. They were losing their lease last I heard, yeah. like a year or two ago. Like, they were too drunk to make the payments on it. So, <laughs> <lost> it. <laughs> uh, so I mean, we're a pretty good-sized brewery. Uh, we have, um, it's a like a oversized 20-barrel brew house, which is a decent size. But some of the other breweries, like even like Other Half, has expanded. They have a second location where they able to, they're able to brew out of now. I think Rockaway has two locations. They do. They're not actually brewing at the uh, the beach one yet, uh, but they eventually will. So we're, uh, we're one of the biggest. There we go. We're the best. We're the biggest. No. <laughs> the whale amongst fish. The whale. The have whale. you guys uh, collaborated with a lot of the other breweries? Because I mean, you mentioned like some way out west in Jersey. Um, we have an other half collaboration that we've done. Uh, that would be probably the most recent that is coming out. Transmitter uh, is the other one that's going to be coming out. We've done a collaboration with Big Alice, which is a, another Queens brewery. I see. Um, we actually just did one that, so technically we've collaborated with everybody. So we just did a um, each year for the New York City uh, 
Beer Week. There's a, we just did a, it was a collaboration, and so it was us and all the breweries as part of a guild. So it's the New York City Brewers Guild. How does that work? Does everyone just throw in one hop? Like, how many? How does everyone participate in that? It seems to be a decent amount of people holding uh, bo- cans and bottles of beer while one guy is throwing in all the hops. But, uh, it was actually a pretty fun day. But, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, you all get one pound of hops to drop in. And it sounds like, like a memorial thing where it makes you throw, like, one flower. Yeah, or like full of dirt. One, yeah. <laughs> everyone walks, marches by and throws in their one beer ingredient. <laughs> yeah, so we haven't collaborated with everybody yet, but I'm uh, sure there's plans. We, we definitely are busy. So do you brew? Is there brewing happening here every day? Every day, yeah. We're actually just finishing up a brew today. Uh, is Mango involved in that? Not in that. The uh, visible spectrum, uh, will, which you are referencing. Because uh, I could smell it, mango. And, yeah, so the mango yeah. one, we're actually canning that on Friday. Uh, so you'll have the visible spectrum coming out pretty soon. Oh, damn it. The other odor you might be smelling is there is a lovely bakery right next to us, oh. and they operate 24 <laughs> hours a day. Uh, so, yeah, you're going to be getting a smell of beer get and that bread. bread and mango yeast bread. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Tuesdays and Fridays, come to the bakery. You guys do a lot of stuff with fruit. I feel like every, when I'm here, there's a lot. Like last time I was here, maybe I don't know, two months ago, I had was it Fat Mango was a beer that mm-hmm. had mango yeah. and sticky rice or something like yeah, that. Sticky rice. Yeah, that was a collaboration that we did with Innerborough, which is a uh, another uh, New York City brewery. Uh, yeah, it was condensed milk, sticky rice, uh, mango. Um, it was fantastic. It was really good. <laughs> was, I, had, I bought a four-pack. Uh, it was a really, really good beer. Um, it, that was definitely one of my favorites, and it went really fast. So I don't get to say what we do, but I definitely hope they bring that one back. Uh, that was a, a wonderful beer. Uh, yeah, and we do play around with a lot of fruit. Um, yeah, like today, we were you know, dumping in mangoes. Uh, we like the flavors, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. we like to play around with different different things. It's a cool, like other bold territory. Like if you're not felt like you, if you don't feel like you have to be strictly within one genre, right? Like some people are very fixated on like getting prizes for brewers, especially home brewers. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure commercial brewers to some extent, where it's like there's a strict guideline for what can be an IPA or what can be. And like if you put pineapple in it, well now it's not really an IPA anymore. It falls into this other like fruit category or something. And if you're not worried about that and you just want to make stuff that's really interesting, I guess you can... Just want to get freaky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we, we, we'll take all the awards people want to send us, but uh, <laughs> we're more interested in making beer that we like and that everybody that's drinking our beer likes. So, yeah, we're willing to, to make, make an IPA that has a fruit in it is uh, definitely not a problem for us. Sweet. I guess I have one weird question. Mm. Uh, about the art on the cans. It's a very... Right. Kind of unique aesthetic, like minimalist. minimalist geometric uh, shapes. Is it just like one person who's like, make me another label there's, there's with a, some shapes? The graphic artist chained <laughs> up behind the barrels, actually. <laughs> yes. uh, we actually have two two people that are responsible. Uh, the main one probably is going to be Kevin. Uh, Kevin's one of the owners and the brewers, and uh, he has a background in graphic design. So we uh, make him uh, make us some labels. Uh, the I other usually one, just tell like if I'm looking at a wall full of beers, which ones are Finback, just by not even reading them, but mm-hmm. seeing like oh that. I know that style. And then uh, Basil uh, would be the other contributor, and uh, he's the other. Not, not an ingredient. That's yeah, Basil. Bronx We had a Basil beer on our last episode <laughs> <laughs> that we recorded. We yeah. can. Uh, I can actually look at the labels generally and tell which one of the two of them makes it. D- Kevin definitely is a little bit more of the minim- minimalist of them, uh, and then Basil will ex- experiment around a little bit more. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we they're very similar in style and uh, in taste for how they want the cans to look. So yeah, yeah, we we like how they look. It's, sometimes it's hard to read. <laughs> read the uh, the fine print on them. Yeah, it's like faint, very small in the corner or something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, the idea. But you want you want to have like a shelf recognition kind of thing too, right? Yeah, and you, some people will recognize if you especially if you're making different beers every week. And yeah, people say that's that's Finback, even though I don't know that particular one if is. They, if they don't repeat often, might as well just make them look special. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think when I see them on the shelf, I I mean obviously I know what they look like, but <laughs> I, I do think that they they have a, a, a distinct branding going on. So, how much of your paycheck is in beer? 
<laughs> More than they know. <laughs> Do you guys get to, I mean, sample stuff? Is that like... Un- uh, unfortunately, we are required to taste the beers to make sure that oh. everything's going on right. But it's really... Uh, so coming into this career, I'm used to, you know, carbonated cold beer uh, that is done fermenting. And then, you know, if you're like, okay, this has been in the fermentation tank for a week, go ahead and taste it. And you're like, it's 74 degrees and has active yeast going on in it. Uh, it's a bit of a shock. Very the probiotic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Jamie I, Lee Curtis would love it. <laughs> so we do check the beers. We do pull out of the barrels uh, periodically just to make sure everything's going the way that we expect it to be going and that there's no issues. And then, yeah, uh, I'll check the taps <laughs> in the tap room. Make, make sure they're sure working. That, yeah, yeah. you got to make sure they're working. You don't disappoint the customers. Uh, yeah. You can't have them go bad. Yeah. Somehow. I actually <laughs> keep spent the water flowing. Like, part of my first year working here in the tap room, so there was definitely a decent amount of, uh, of sampling you know, to make sure everything was good. Well, customers are going to ask, you know, what yeah. do you recommend? And you can't totally. do that blindly. Yeah, I can't just say everything. It would be a lie <laughs> otherwise. You have to know. Uh, one of our, I guess, our slogan before, it seems like we've gone away from it, is uh, Whaley Good Beer. Uh, we're definitely... Excellent. Yeah. It's we're unfortunate de- they're thin-ished with that one. Yeah. <laughs> they should bring it back. That one really seal the show. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen that somewhere. Maybe on a shirt or yeah, it's on the sh- or something. It's, it's on our growlers still, but yeah, it's no longer on the shirts. Um, I got a growler down there. I'm going to check it later. <laughs> and I fill it with beer. Sweet harambe. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. That's a, the description is RIP. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, you want to just tell us about some of the beers we're drinking right here right now? Yeah, let me look at this handy list. Um, so right now, uh, I gave you the uh, just four off the tap line to start you out. Uh, the first one's a Summer Somewhere, which is a strawberry Hefeweizen. A strawberry, you know, it's difficult generally to have the flavor come through in a beer. Yes, we uh, see that. And uh, it's not pink. You know, like somebody, if I gave you a beer and said this is a strawberry beer, you'd maybe expect it like, to be pink, the pink in color. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's very uh, summer, though. Yeah, I was going to say, this is an really excellently personal. named beer. Definitely, it's been a bit of a cold, dreary, long-going winter here in uh, New York. It's balls out and, uh, right now. we were like, let's <laughs> crank out some nice summer beers and get ready for spring. And it's like, well, it's not quite spring spring weather yet, but mm-hmm. it's summer somewhere. Um, and so you, you <laughs> should good. get like a decent uh, strawberry aroma, strawberry flavor off of that. So I'm actually really happy with how it turned out uh, as the end result. I really get the smell. We don't uh, crank out a ton of Hefeweizen, so it's also a rare beer style for us. Now, is Hefeweizen unfiltered? Uh, this one is. To my knowledge, isn't it like the the heifer is wheat? Um, wheat is uh, wheat. Yeah, yeast so, and wisen is wheat. Yeah, so it it, uh, it has a different uh, malt built than uh, what uh, like your IPAs are going to use more like churro or something along that line, which is like a cleaner, clearer uh, malt. Uh, this one's definitely going to use a lot more wheat uh, and oat uh, kind of going with it. So it's going to be a little bit hazier just on that alone. Uh, and then yeah, the filtration is a little bit different. We don't filter you know a ton. <laughs> So how fast did things turn around from, like, brewing to tap? Um, you can see it in three weeks. Wow. Uh, yeah, so the brew process, it'll take us an entire day to do one brew, uh, like a 12-hour day uh, to fill up a tank. Uh, sometimes if it's a bigger tank, we'll do a 12-hour day one day and then come back and do, you know, another 6 and X to fill up our tanks. Uh, but we have, like, it's not one guy working 12 hours, <laughs> so we don't sound like horrible people. Uh, so he only works Whatever you got to do to get the beer to me, I don't really care. That's <laughs> <laughs> They're paying you, you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, so then from there, it'll go into the fermentation process which will take a little while. And then once that's done, we put it over the bright tank, carve it up, and then can it up. Um, so you know, three weeks seems like a good, happy medium. A lager might take a little longer. You know, an IPA, we can probably get it out a little faster for you. So how long do things actually stick around on tap for here? 
Uh, less than three weeks is kind of <laughs> what I want to say. Um, yeah, it seems like they're hanging out in the back of the house a little bit l- longer than they are in the front of the house. And some we have uh, some of the beers we'll do a much larger batch of, uh, so that one might stick around a little bit longer than if it's some real specialty beer that we're, you know, throwing a lot of extra love and specialness into. <laughs> Did I just say love and specialness? I think uh, it could be a name for another beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. It's a good band name. We always, yeah, you know, people are like, oh, that's a good band name. Where we everybody in the beer. <laughs> we literally said that on the way here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everybody in the beer industry, every time you say something, it's like, oh, that's a good beer name. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, beers, you know, they, they come and go pretty quick. Um, yeah, so let's see. One, I'd like uh, to think rich people think that'd be a good name for a racehorse. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> my next yeah. version of things. American Pharaoh. Yeah, that's somewhere. a great name for a horse. Shall tell Gustavo to name him. <laughs> the uh, second beer. So I'm going to. Oh yeah, that last one's five and a half percent. The uh, the next beer, just because I I want to ramp things up for you guys. It's yeah. called the. It's called Swank. Uh, it's a triple IPA. After Hillary, of course. It's a ten percent. <laughs> this is a million dollar beer. Ooh. <laughs> Boys, uh, drink this. Don't cry. And this. <laughs> This one's got a lot of hops in it. Uh, it's Citra, it does, yep. the uh, Mosaic, and Mo- Matuka. And then it's a Citra Lupulin powder. You, oh, man, I've been trying to figure out how to say that word. Because on beer cans, they always, or labels, they always tell you, like, what's in it. And like, I don't know how to say Motuika. It's like, yeah, that's is that, like, quinoa? Like, how many of those letters do I actually say? Uh, Motuka? You say, all the, you say I, all the letters in quinoa. Yeah, but it, uh, you would say quinoa. Quinoa. Actually, if you're, quinoa. you know, in this country. <laughs> yes. If you're speaking American. You know what? I'm, I say Motuka. I'm going to trust you. Motuka? I don't know. Uh, and it's actually, this is one of our collaborations it's with uh, Civil Society and uh, RAR. Um, they're <laughs> out of, uh, <laughs> Civil, yeah, exactly. <laughs> RAR. So where, where are they from? Uh, Civil Society is out of Florida and RAR is out of uh, Maryland. So how did you do a collaboration in, with like people? Does, do they also do like, Yeah, they come here. Um, so nice. we've done collaborations <laughs> with them where Basil and Kevin go there <laughs> and they uh, hang out in Florida in oh, December. Poor bastards. And uh, work in Florida and make a beer down there. I know. Who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, in this particular case, they came, uh, we invited different breweries to the New York City Beer Week, and when Civil Society and, and RAR were up here, uh, we, uh, we, they came to the brewery, and we had like a, a three-way collaboration. I think I have that DVD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when was New York City Beer Week? Uh, is, is it at the same time every year? Like last month? Oh, man. We, I mean, it's every week at my house is Beer Week, so it's hard yeah, for me to tell. It was um, last month. Sometime in March. I'm sure I celebrated it my own way. Yeah, I feel like Take it was, it yeah, you know, February, March. Check your calendars every year. Uh, hashtag mm-hmm. New York City Brew. <laughs> NYC Brewed. I think that's it. I have a question uh, for you. I see behind us a whole bunch of kegs. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure I've seen Ben back in a bar here or there. Uh, for totally personal reasons, is it possible to get a keg of beer here? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. If you email sales at finbackbrewery.com, um, that's how you'd be able to get down. a hold of it. Um, the, the interesting part of it is, like, it's pretty easy for you to say get the Finback IPA because that's our like flagship IPA that will crank out year round. And so, if you say, "Hey, do you have it?" or "Can I come get it in a couple weeks?" it'll be a lot easier for us to do that. Otherwise, you'd be emailing that and saying, "Hey, I'd like to get a keg. What do you think you'll have?" And so it'll be like. You know, here's a random list of stuff you haven't heard of because we haven't made it before. Just put in a standing order for the mango one. Yeah, exactly. Let me know when that comes out. We, we normally um, record our episodes at my house at uh, my, the bar, which is called Roseanne Bar at my house. <laughs> <laughs> the puns are <laughs> built in. And it has, I have a keg. My wife has uh, allowed me to purchase a kegerator. And uh, <laughs> as a shitty home brewer, I just buy most of the beer that we end up tapping. Into yeah, it. Okay. it's like... My beer is always like, I don't want to drink five gallons of it. That's pretty awful. You know, this, is, this is what you drink after you've had five good beers. You know, <laughs> then you'll drink that swill I made. So I always buy to try to find commercial stuff. Yep. So we do have people that, uh, there's a couple of people that have their own kegs. Some people, you know, we just, you know, 
sell them our keg, and then they bring it back and get in, get whatever's next going. Uh, then we have different accounts that we deliver to. So depending on how much you're drinking, how many podcasts you're putting out, you could be any one of those every Tuesday options. on <laughs> iTunes and Google Play. Every week. Every week, yeah. It's a lot of fucking books. It's it a lot of, of reading. Uh, let's see. What do we got next? Um, so after the triple IPA, uh, what that we thing had... Was inten- we didn't even talk about that. That was delicious. You know, yeah, I'm not very good. normally an IPA person, but it, I kind of liked it. It wasn't it, overwhelmingly it wasn't, bitter. Yeah. Sometimes they tend to be like... Let me hops you in the mouth. Great, yeah. We uh, forceful. <laughs> we are very good at hiding the uh, alcohol content. Like you don't, you know, like a ten percent uh, beer. You're thinking if you're trying that, that it's going to, you're going to notice it. It's going to be, you know, quote hot or uh, boozy or something like that. We do a pretty good job of hiding it. Was that a ten percent? That, that was, was that one that you just finished. The swank is a ten percent triple IPA. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Goes down far too smoothly. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Yep. It does. I uh, I'm wondering. I actually drink the least of our triple IPAs because uh, it goes down. They go down uh, very smooth. Uh, the one we just canned today, actually, is a triple IPA for a four-year anniversary at 10%. And, yeah, I had, like, three ounces. And I was like, okay. <laughs> See you all tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> I got a podcast to do. Nap time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to finish Moby Dick, guys. <laughs> I see there's a 12% one later in our future. Out of curiosity, what's the strongest beer you guys have made here? Have you gotten involved in that, uh, the penis showing of making the strongest beer that breweries often do? I want to say the strongest was the Hawk and the Whale. It might have been 13.1%. I might be off on the beer or the percent, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> All or some or none some of that. Some or sure. none. But I'm entirely accurate or you're, entirely inaccurate. You're definitely yeah. fitted into the podcast. <laughs> I'm, fe- I'm feeling 13%, right? It might be the highest. Uh, and that's something... like. We don't go over 10% very often, but I, I'm feeling it in my heart. 13. That's fine. I mean, now you just see more and more. I remember when I 13 is pretty high. Yeah, it's pretty high. Yeah. For yes. a regular, you know, for someone who's not specifically trying for just that. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, now there's like a whole, I mean, maybe it's more like 10 years ago, it was a big thing with Brewdog to make the world's strongest beer. Yeah. We're, we're not trying to do that. And it's I like stunt beer. Yeah. I think, I want to say Dogfish Head maybe had like a 26%, which Michael I mean, and I have. Indulged in several dogfish heads and lost lost brew dogs. No, we are the mm-hmm. what the ninety minute or the one twenty? Oh, the ninety. Oh my god, yeah, the twenty. I've, lo- I've lost several afternoons of my life to that. <laughs> one twenty is like eighteen percent. Yeah, <laughs> we also had the forty one percent alcohol uh, brew dog beer. That was, was like a, fucking it was an experience. It was like drinking a glass of carbonated scotch. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I would. I stopped at like four loco. It was re- <laughs> well. <laughs> well you're, you're, I never got to have a four loco, so I'm really just you are not loco enough, my friend. That's uh, not loco enough. Um, I also lived in Boston where they don't allow fun. Yeah, you can find four logo. You got to just know the right bodega that hasn't cleared their shelves. <laughs> an ancient dusty can of It's aged barrel aged four logo now. <laughs> only had it. Only had it once, and it was when they announced that like, uh, hey, we're making caffeine and alcohol like illegal, and I was like, well, I better try this. And we were watching. Yeah. We watched that movie Crank. <laughs> thought we That's would, the Jason Statham. Yeah. Yeah. It's an incredible we, film. We thought we would. Uh, it's the Citizen theme, Kane of our times. We thought we'd theme up our uh, headache with uh, with uh, Crank. <laughs> I mean, that's the best movie for Four Logo if I can think of. Yeah, it. For I, I saw it in theaters, for, and I wish I could have had Four Logo. From what I remember, <laughs> Four Logo with caffeine with Crank, the yeah. movie. Uh, it was perfect. A, the perfect pairing. It's like white wine and fish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what white wine's for, yeah. <laughs> or fish, or like fish pH fish in a, an enormous joint. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. The uh, So, yeah, the next one actually is another IPA. It's a uh, double IPA. It's Oscillation 12. Um, it is a revolving uh, IPA series that we do. So we've brewed this beer 12 times um, each time. It's a slightly similar malt base. We tweak it a little bit, um, but the hops are different. So we're highlighting a different hop changes each time. Uh, this one's coming in at 8.1%, so a little less than your 10% that you just had. It's child's play. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a beer for babies. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, 
It's kind of. I don't of, think any beer is for babies. <laughs> this Budweiser comparison. Right Technically, it is not for babies. <laughs> uh, Legally, so we have to say it's not for babies. <laughs> Let's see. It's got a. What do we got? That's uh, fine. Amarillo, 007, Denali, and Simcoe. That sounds like the worst law firm ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of them is 007. They will yeah. get shit done. And Denali's Most a mountain. Gonna fuck your girlfriend is what yeah. 007's going to do. Well, yeah, but he'll get shit done. He'll like make, your make a clever line about banging your girlfriend. <laughs> I remember my parents took me. What was the one with... Um, uh, was the world was not enough? Was that Denise Richards? Was she the Bond girl on that? She was Christmas Jones. Jones. Christmas Jones, and he's like, physicist. I thought Christmas only came once a year. <laughs> <laughs> they wrote her name specifically for, for that, that one line. Well, I mean, it's I better than it did in the '60s when they were it. named Pussy Galore and Holly Goodhead. <laughs> I think those are biblical names. <laughs> it's Old Testament names, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, there's some other Thunder Pussy or something. Octop- was it the Pussy one? It's a bunch of Pussy ones. Octopussy. Octopussy. I feel like that was a thing. Thunderball? Is that a one? Thunderball. Thunderball. Thunderball is when you get like, hit really hard in the balls, right? That's yeah. when Thunderballs was his uh, college nickname. <laughs> Goldfinger. Because when he came, the room shook. <laughs> Peter North? Okay, so... Uh... Goldfinger was just... It was, yeah. He was a creeper, so he just... <laughs> so do you, you guys use the same hops when you brew the beer, like in the brewing process, and then you just dry up it with more of that, or is it... Is it a trade secret? We can't know. I don't know if it's a trade secret. Because um, it just says dry hopped with this. It doesn't yeah, say Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, no, we use a different battering hop. I don't think it's a trade secret, but, you know, I don't know what it is, so. We won't uh-huh. tell anyone. That's right. I mean, you could say, you can make say any word, and, like, it's um, yeah. Moscato hops. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course it's those. Yeah. <laughs> the cat piss hops? You know those? I mean, there's a million Nicki types of hops. Moscato? Is that a thing? Nicki, Nicki, Nicki Minaj has her own Moscato. That must be uh, I've seen it on bus ads. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's where you find out about quality, quality. wine. Yeah. Maybe it was a telephone booth. I, I, I have seen it on a bus and a telephone booth. That's where you find it. I haven't yeah. even seen I've not seen a telephone booth in I know. a long time. They haven't torn down the ones yeah. in Northeast Queens. I would yet. say I used to live in Harlem and they still had telephone booths then, so I needed to find a telephone booth a couple like two years ago. I don't know if they work, but they yeah, the ads in them. The still. ads are still there. I, I my phone died and like the train was all delayed and I had to like get off and I had to like call my my gig to tell them I wasn't going to be there like my job like I'm not going to make it and I had to find a payphone. That was like the fucking odyssey to find a payphone <laughs> in you just Astoria. Ask for a stranger's phone? You, uh, You're a tall guy. Just, you could just they're going to think, hey ma'am, can I use your phone? And then they're like, get away from me, you <laughs> fucking weirdo. You could have Googled where is a payphone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on your cell phone. My, it was yeah. dead. <laughs> it's in cell phone heaven. <laughs> it's on a farm. So, Oscillation 12, how often do these come out? Just kind of whenever-ly? Uh, kind of like every two months is uh, roughly. But yeah, whenever-ly is also a schedule that we might use here at Finback from time to time. This has that like New England IPA kind of look to it. Yeah, it's definitely, it. yeah it's definitely it's that New England IPA. Milky, uh, hazy. hazy, dank. New England IPAs are the hazy ones. Yeah. Yeah, it's like more so like... It is kind of juicy. It's way, it's way less bitter and more just mm-hmm. delicious. Yeah, it'll be it like juicy. juicy, but there's no actual fruit in it. It's uh, just coming straight from the hop. You must squeeze them real hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes a while. It's I don't know where the juice comes from, so I'm making it up. <laughs> the, 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 loop, the lupulin or something like that? Yeah, so that's a science. But uh, <laughs> That's a science. Yeah, so I basically... I've heard of a science before. <laughs> like I had a science once. <laughs> I've given up on science, but uh, the way I understand it is they essentially take the hops, they freeze them, and then they shatter them, and then the little dust that's laying around is the lupulin powder, and then they package that up for us and send us Weird. that. So it's, the, it's like even a... More, it's extreme. Do they always <laughs> do that? No, or it's just a that's just, just for this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so we've used it in a few different beers uh, that, that we play with, uh, but it's not in all of our beers. So, and huh. that that's not exclusive just for the the New England style IPAs. But which graduate student at the University of Too Much Fucking Time on Their Hands thought of that? Yeah, <laughs> it was. Let me get the liquid nitrogen. I'm gonna freeze these hops and make hop cocaine, yeah, and then we're gonna <laughs> put that in the beers. Yep. yep. Well. Uh, <laughs> 
I have heard oh that there is a, a, a marijuana thing called shatter, which is just like the little bits left over shattered into little pieces. So maybe they got the idea from that. That makes sometimes legend because you know hops I've kind of look from like from a friend. Th- theoretically, look a lot like marijuana. So I mean, I've heard people refer to certain IPAs that are like especially dank and say it smells like it, like a weed smell so, from it. Yeah. yeah, Heineken always smells like weed to me. Heineken smells like weeds that you pick out of your lawn, though. Like Heineken smells yep. like shitty weeds. Yes, like dog piss weeds. <laughs> and there goes the Heineken sponsor. There, we have we have no they sponsors. Don't sponsor yeah, sponsors. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. we will take that back, Heineken. If you sponsor, <laughs> I will not take that back. <laughs> we'll I'll, I'll edit it out. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll do a we'll full Heineken episode. Uh, I don't know what book would go with Heineken. Uh, Some Dutch something maybe something that got oh, taken Dutch. over by the Nazis real fast. <laughs> <laughs> the Diary of Anne Frank, and we're just gonna drink pound Heineken during it. Jesus, <laughs> oh, that's dark. Eric, are you free for that day? You want to? <laughs> <laughs> so there's this other thing that I don't even want to try to pronounce. Uh, so yeah, the fourth beer that we brought out. It's uh, an imperial stout. It's called Nave Nave Mahana. Uh, it's a tiki inspired uh, imperial stout. It's 11, percent so it's a dark beer. Uh, it's got some coconut and some pineapple in it. Uh, we actually brewed this. It's another collaboration that we did around the New York City Beer Week time with a brewery out of California. It's out of Anaheim, actually, called Noble. So this one, while it does have coconut and pineapple, it will be a little bit sweeter, uh, but it's not syrupy or sugary or anything like that. It's just subtle, subtle coconut, subtle pineapple. It's goddamn delicious. It's, is it kind of smoky to anyone, or is it just me? I'm getting the, the, the pineapple. I mean, not the pineapple, the coconut. Coconut sure. comes through. Pineapple, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm having a hard time finding. Maybe it's more like just the sweetness that adds to it. That is awesome. Yeah, coconut, I don't know. Imperial stat's my favorite thing, so I'm always like, yes. And you never really, you see, there's a few that you see with coconut, but I've never seen anything with pineapple. Those are usually in like hoppier styles. Yeah, pineapples are going to generally be in a lighter beer, like a lighter in color beer. Um, this is one of the beers we actually bottled it instead of canning it. We typically can most of our beers, but this one we, we thought was worthy, worthy of the fancy bottle. Is that about aging, perhaps? A little bit, yeah. I mean, this is a barrel age. Uh, wait, no, it's not. This is not a barrel age. Um, but it's uh, just because it's 11%. It's a smaller batch that we did for this beer. Um, so some of our darker beers, we've canned a few of the darker ones, like the high contrast. Which I had is, that. That was awesome. Yeah. So it was like 11% coffee I was thing. Say it was an 11, 10% to 11% coffee. Uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they just like this one in a bottle. Is there a difference if you try to age... You know, some people buy these like bigger beers and they like hold on to them for a little while. Is there a difference between aging it in a can or a bottle? Does that matter? Uh, I'm sure it does. I don't think we recommend a uh, can aging. Um, traditionally, the aging you're going to see is going to be in uh, dark beers that are in bottles. Uh, but I bet if you still had the high contrast cans, it should be fine. Oh, those are long gone. Yeah, yeah. Long that's, gone. that's the thing I always think. Like people are like, "How long can I age this for?" And I'm like, "I don't know, a week." <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I've had people that have filled up like a 32 ounce growler, and they're like, "Oh, if I don't drink it all, can I put it back?" And I'm like, "It's 32 ounces. That's two pints. If you can't yeah. find somebody to share it with you, you shouldn't buy it." Um, or if you actually you should buy the 64 <laughs> ounce then and drink yourself to sleep, you lonely um, bastard. Um, but yeah, there's like a I don't know science or something to the uh, aging again. Another, another one of those sciences. <laughs> I knew I should science have finished or something all those to. Uh, yeah. If if they would explain to me in high school how to properly bo- age my bottles of beer in my science class, I probably would have paid more attention because I would have been like, "What are you guys talking about? <laughs> like, how uh, many moles are in that?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, it's hard to fit a whole mole into a bottle. <laughs> I mean, so the, the issue with aging that you'll run into is exposure to heat and exposure to light and exposure to oxygen. And there's much the same 
problems that actual moles face. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, as long as you keep it in a nice, happy temperature, you don't want it to be like in your, you know, too cold for fridge, and you don't want it on top of your fridge where it's, you know, typically the warmest part of your house. Um, like a basement. Yeah. Dun- if you have a dungeon, that's perfect. Generally, yeah, the dungeon is where you want to keep your uh, beer. I try to call it my man cave. My wife calls it my little room. <laughs> Bitch. Um, she doesn't listen we'll to the show. We'll out. I love you, honey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It appears that we've run out. I will uh, get some more beer for you. Man. Thank you. This is the best oh, day ever. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Good move. Uh, I found out that the hawk and whale is actually closer to 12%. Ooh, which, okay. which I still mm. think is the highest what we've made for It's still pretty good. But it does tie with this one down at the end there. It's yeah. made, made with pieces of real hawk. And, wh- and, <laughs> and whale. So we have a whole new, new <laughs> flight of things. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I feel like this book club is more about beer than books. Well, we've uh, talked about Moby Dick whenever you're ready. <laughs> Honestly, we've got some of the plot in uh, 14 seconds. There. Yeah. Yeah. The middle 90% of the book doesn't matter. There was a guy on a boat that had a fish attached, right? And he was spent the whole boat trying to... Oh, wait, that's... Oh, that would be... Uh, we did that one already. Episode <laughs> 20 of the Drunk Edge Book Club or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Not Young Man and the Body of Water. <laughs> Is that the, uh, the cheap knockoff brand? The Amer- yeah, like the America's Choice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> made with or the same ingredients. That's what it was published as in China, so they didn't have to pay, you know, copyright. <laughs> <laughs> that fish is for everybody. <laughs> so I see we have Harambe, which is my favorite name beer of the day. Uh, of the earth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm kind of jumping you guys around everything. But this one's another Imperial Stout. It's uh, Just like Harambe. Harambe. Uh, it's 8.3%. So it's not, you know, way over the top. But it's, uh, yeah, it's coconut and cacao. Cacao. <laughs> yes. And it does say R.I.P. at the end of the description. R.I.P. Harambe. R.I.P. Harambe. And Cassia? What is that? That sounds like a it's celestial ra- body. One of Harambe's uh, female roles. Really? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, I, I his, don't know. In his harem. Because <laughs> Harambe was just a, the no. pimp I mean, of the I, zoo. I, I worked at the fucking Bronx Zoo for a summer, and gorillas work in squads. I made that number name up. But it's a male and a bunch of females. And then eventually one rises up to you, to usurp him. But it's, oh, it's, it's a dude and a bunch of female gorillas. It's, it's harem-style mating. That's what a bunch of primates Respect. do, including <laughs> gorillas. <laughs> Yeah, because I really, you know, dealing with one wife is just, a, you know, like, let me do more of that. <laughs> let me get, like, four more people to tell me how to put milk back in the fridge the right way. Gorillas <laughs> don't use fridges. Uh, I did watch a gorilla drink her own breast milk for three months, though. That was weird. Straight? I mean, yeah, just she just... Like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and the other one ate her own puke. It was a good visual. It was a weird <laughs> summer. <laughs> so why Harambe? Why not? I guess why that's why I guess that's not, all right. Why not? Because uh, no one will ever forget. I mean, it's a little bit like the origin story of the name of our brewery, where it was named after an animal that had an unfortunate end to its life. Yeah, so the same time that this beer was ready to be presented to the world, Harambe got murdered. <laughs> assassinated. Uh, assassinated. <laughs> um, I believe the proper term is murked. Murked. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and honor him so that we never forget. Oh, this is one of the rare repeats then. It is. We've actually done this one twice. Um, we take the batch, we uh, split it into Harambe, and then the other half uh, goes into barrels and then emerges as between the dead with some, uh, it's got some chilies and cinnamon, maybe? Like a Mexican mm. hot chocolate kind of thing? No, but like it's a spicy good. Harambe. Yeah, a spicy Harambe. There we go. Ooh, when's that coming out? That sounds awesome. <laughs> well, I'll be labeling the bottles tomorrow. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Uh, so probably, probably uh, it'll probably be released for our anniversary party on May the fifth. The Drinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is really 
What do you guys think? You like it? I like it. Yeah. I still don't know what Cassia is, but you could definitely smell the coconut and the cacao in there. It uh, smells fucking lovely. Thank you. It's really good. It's like... And still doesn't... And even 8.3 is a milder imperial stuff compared 3? to 8.3? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because it's not 10. It's milder. Mild, yeah. Milder, it's relative, yeah. right? I'm going to uh, have a dangerous day. It's a dangerous <laughs> beer. I'm all my like ranking. I brought like what what what's coming home in the growler tonight? <laughs> Growlers. Oh, we have the bottles of the Nave Nave, so you can oh. do a growler Harambe. Excellent. Harambe was a growler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are howlers. That's a different kind of primate. Yeah, Nate. I know. Get it straight, Nate. Good try, though. I did a science, okay? <laughs> you tried a science. I tried a science. Yeah. There, there are some people that say the 32 ounce growler is called a howler. Mm. Some people call it a screamer. <laughs> I just call it a 32-ounce growler. Depends on how excited you get them. <laughs> As opposed to the shaken up 16-ounce can, which is a squirter. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Fifty Shades of Grey episode. Did you listen to that? I haven't gotten to that one yet because I haven't actually read Fifty Shades you of Grey. You don't need to. Uh, you don't, yeah. don't, I read don't do f- it. I read the first chapter and uh, was like, this is actually some of the worst writing that's ever existed. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure we said that. You know? it's, a, oh, okay. it's, a, it's a garbage book. I mean, even the whatever the topic is, whatever, but like the, the actual execution of the craft of writing. Yeah, no, it's, it it's not a slight against people who are into that. Garbage. She's <laughs> just a shit writer. Yeah. yeah. The movie, though. <laughs> I mean, Jamie Dornan is a, is a beautiful man, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to masturbate Johnson's like it's 1997, daughter. you could pause it at certain scenes, but <laughs> there's the internet, so I don't know why you'd need that. You got to watch it for the plot. It's a forgotten. It's like harkens back to a simpler time, you know, and. He'd pause a movie and be like, oh, there we go. That's the shot. <laughs> Slow-mo. Uh, so anyway, our next beer. <laughs> Speaking of Don Johnson's child. Uh, the next beer is the uh, Star Child. Miami Vice. <laughs> uh, Star Child is one of our sours, actually. Um, oh, this is the uh, uh, Paul Stanley beer? Yes, the Star Child. It's um, 4.6%, so that ought to get you, uh, you excited. And this, this has the closest connection to... Uh, Moby Dick thus far. Which we have yet to mention. <laughs> Not even once. We will throw that in there. The magic of editing. Uh, Starbuck is the first mate of the ship. And this is Star Child. That's about as close as we're going to get right now. So, This is quite a bright floral one. Uh, yeah, so we don't... It would make me want to rock and roll all night. And part of every day. <laughs> part of every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one has the IBUs listed on the menu. It's a uh, three... <laughs> so three, three, yeah. So yeah. IBUs, it's your. It's uh, good to have a breather. It's going to tell you how bitter they are, and typically your IPAs are going to be pretty high, and then like your stouts are going to be a lot lower, like 11s or 12 type thing. But then uh, this one's three, so there's just absolutely no bitterness other than the grapefruit, you know, basically. But it is sour instead. Yes. It's not that bad. It's not that. I mean, it's I mean, tart I'm, instead. I'm not really yeah. a huge fan of sours, but this is not overwhelmingly sour that it's going to you know be it, tough to drink if you're not into that. Yeah, I always find with sours it's either you 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 like it or you don't. You know, there's there's not really the, a, yeah. generally a middle ground with the sours. Normally sours is just like this <clears throat> why would I put this inside me? Mm-hmm. But this one is just like a it's kind of like talking to my like wife. Ju- <laughs> I don't want to talk to your wife about that. That's fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> what is she doing with the star child? she's pulling the trigger on his love gun. She's <laughs> <laughs> like and so we brewed this one a few times, actually. We bottled it the first time we did it, and then the last two the times we canned it. So, Are you, are you looking at fucking Kiss Socks? I'm trying to think of more Kiss Socks. Nate, I hear you calling. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't come home right now. All the Kiss Songs I know are from fucking role models. It's kiss fucking blows. No offense if you're a big Kiss fan. Uh, are they from Long Island? 
They're from or Queens. Queens. Uh, Gene Simmons is from Queens. He's from. Okay. He was born in Israel, actually. But he grew, he grew, up, he grew up here. <laughs> yeah, he came here when he was like a little. By kid. extension, I was yeah. gonna say it's not a Queens accent. His name is not Gene. It's like Chaim Vitz. It's like yeah, it is very Israeli. I read his autobiography. How I'm a piece of shit by Gene Simmons. That's basically what it was. Yeah. It was basically just about he uh, wanted to be really rich so he could bang a lot of chicks. Uh, well, mm. Check and check. I mean, it works, so, you know, props to him. Yeah. Oh, can I think of a single fucking Kiss song? I was uh, thinking of Beth. I was trying to work Beth in there, and you fucking I did. Yeah, stole I got it from me. No, I did it. Stole Beth. There's a... I heard her calling. Ugh. You suck. Ugh. Which, which, <laughs> which band wants to rock and roll all night? That's Kiss. That's oh, Kiss. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, did that we one got too. That one. God. We got the top three. Party every day. <clears throat> part, of, part of every day. Part of every day. Part of every day. <laughs> <laughs> the actual line you is need party time, every you, day. You right? need some yeah, time to recover. We're, we're 30 now, so. Yeah, you know, totally. part of every day. 31, man. We're, we're old fuckers. I'm 31, yeah, shit. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also 31. In dog years. You old, you <laughs> old dick. <laughs> uh, so the next beer is an IPA again. So it's the Fly On, which is the first time we've actually brewed this beer before. It sounds like a fishing term. Uh, Going with Top Gun. It's 8.4, and it's brewed with a mosaic, and then it has a little bit of orange zest in it as well. It's got some zest. Man, 8.4, that is a strong not double IPA. Mm, Like right in front of with that line. (laughs) I'm not going to wake up tomorrow, guys. Uh, And this is another collaboration that we did. Uh, This one's with Pure Project. Uh, I'm going to say California, but somebody with Google would, yeah. It was a busy week. (laughs) <laughs> when was this? was just a few weeks ago then, I guess. It was, uh, it was uh, New York City Beer Week. We, we did project. a lot of, uh, lot of collaborations. I'm, I want to say California, somewhere. All right, let's see. When you do a collaboration, who collaborates? Is it the people who are... It's generally... Is there between, like, conceptual people and brewers? Is, is that one person? Uh, it depends on the brewery. So at our brewery, we have uh, Kevin, who's our head brewer, who comes up with the, um, you know, the recipe. Mm. And then does... Is he a, like... Did you go to? How does one become a brewer? Did uh, you go to college with, with, for with him, it like was chemistry uh, or no. It, with him, it was a uh, you know decade of home brewing. Okay, um, hmm. just kind of whittling away at the craft out of the love of it, and then all of a sudden being like, let's do a let's do this on a big scale. Um, cool. I mean, there are now now there used to be like if you go back just like 10, 15 years, there were only a, a, a very small handful like two. Uh, brewery science degrees, like other than yeast, there's always been weird yeast degrees. But uh, as far as like, you know, it's like UC Davis. This oh is God. a really, like, I like, I can't believe this is 8.4%. Mm-hmm. I felt that way about the other ones, and those were more than that. But like, this just tastes like, I mean, maybe I'm just misled or like easily distracted. Oh, IPA, okay, that's not too, super strong, but like, this is, it does hide it well. Yeah, and again, it's a little bit of that New England style where it's, I don't know, yeah, it's not boozy, it's also not overly bitter. Uh, like that traditional West Coast IPA. And so sometimes that bitterness, that IBUs, that is kind of what people, oh, if it's super bitter, that means it's super strong. Um, so, yeah, as long as it doesn't taste like, you know, rubbing alcohol, <laughs> you, you might mm-hmm. not catch the alcohol in the beer. I never, I, 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 we talked about this on the show before, like why people are so into the ridiculously hoppy beers. And I don't quite get it. Do you mean the hazy <laughs> hoppy? Like no, this. like the people are like... You know, there's a, a brewer that will go on name that makes a beer called 1,000 IBOs, right? Like, there's... And, and oh, that kind of yeah. thing. Where like, this is the hoppiest beer you can have. It will fuck you in the mouth. Like, if you were going to reference science again... Um, I, the, I forget the oh, number. Oh, science is just coming, guys. Just a science. Not all of science, just a, a science. science. We can't do them just all at once, guys. Um, <laughs> just one. But uh, I forget what it is, 60 or 80 or something like that. There's some kind of, like, oh, if it's over 80 IBUs, you can't tell the difference. Like, you know, it's just... 
you know, pointless to be like, oh, it's 121 IBUs. You know, it's about the same as 84 IBUs. Like, you can't tell the difference. Kind of like know. decibels. Yeah, yeah, like once your freaking eardrums are shattered and your taste buds are shattered, it's about the same probably. Your um, tongue can't taste the difference. I don't know. I feel like I can tell the difference between a 60 and an 80, but, like, I don't, I don't know if I can tell the difference between an 80 and a 100. But, yeah, like that one guy with 1,000 IBUs, he's, he, he, what are you, just blending up a plant and <laughs> hop puree? Yeah, from he's using puree. The, uh, the bitters from a bar. Just pouring it <laughs> I really like the Star Child. I'm going back on the, uh, the fly on. The Star Child's really refreshing. Star Child I'm going back to as like a cleanser yeah. of sorts. The Star Child was my first beer. It's a nice, uh, f- you know, low, low ABV. first beer? Yeah, uh, of the day. Of the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Not even of the day. I don't yeah, know if you're no, listening no. carefully. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> of an hour ago. Yes. <laughs> I, had, I had to stop drinking early to come do this podcast. He's making the tough sacrifices, and we appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> we're making up the ground now. Mm. Well, if we're going to get you talking about Moby Dick, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> At some point. He was a friend of mine. I'll never forget him in Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read the book? Uh, you know what? I know that I attempted to read the book. That's uh, good enough. Back in, back in the high schools. Um, my, That's where you learned the science. Yeah, the science. <laughs> my... Uh, my dad used to watch the uh, the movie, the George C. Scott, like, I, I want to say every every other month. But, you know, when you're... Was like, it the 97-hour movie? Yes, yeah, so when you're 12 or so, it feels like it was right around 98 hours long. I literally don't remember anything about the middle of the book. That's because there or was no the Nothing movie. happens in the middle of the <laughs> yeah, book. Yeah, so I think I remember, like, hey, something happens at the beginning, and, you know, I know the end. There's uh, a beginning, then there's a bunch of chapters about bullshit, yep. and then the book ends. <laughs> I believe it's whale shit in this case. <laughs> whale shit. <laughs> um, I read... Uh, big shits. Melville's other story that I can't even think Bartleby about. Bartleby the Scrivener. Yes. And I thought that was fantastic and nice and short. And then you, you were like, Moby Dick, Dick. I would prefer not to. Yeah. And also <laughs> I read Bartleby when I was, you know, last year versus, you know, 20 years ago. I like, I don't know, I fucking like the book. I hated this book with every ounce of my being. Well, I just thought I didn't get it. That I definitely didn't get it, but I still liked it. I read it twice I, now. I mean, I guess I didn't get it because everyone fucking loves it. Well, was, it I, was it your first time reading it? Yeah, oh, first is my, time. This is my second time. Mm. Better or worse second time? Worse. Mm. Well, different. I feel like the first time through, when I read it, I had a much longer commute. That's why I do the majority of my reading, like take the train to work. Mm. So I'd had like an, a solid hour each way going to work. So I went through it in like a week. It's only a month of reading this book. <laughs> I mean, I was reading pretty, I was reading a fast clip and I, I was just kind of like, all right, I'm just doing this, you know? And I went through it and I was like, all right, that's a chapter about whale heads, all right, whatever that is. And then I, I found it interesting. I really liked the language of it. I mean, yes, it, it was... The, the writing was pretty and well-written, and it was interesting, but this book was about uh, 90% too long. Uh, I, 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 the second time through, I felt like there was chapters like, I really don't understand what purpose this is serving. When there's well, a chapter about, about, like, let's talk about the history of things chapter. that are white in the world and why the white whale is bad. And that sounds like some sort of like poorly-veiled racist rant, but there is a chapter cool, like, where he's like, some things are white, snow is white, and then there is the white whale, and he's bad. And then you're like, all right, thanks. Ishmael? There's a lot of like weird random chapters about bullshit. Those chapters were interesting, and like there's a lot of to say about like Melville the person and the autobiographical elements of the book. I think that ultimately what those chapters helped serve is to kind of ca- capture the experience of being a whaler. Is that it's long periods of tedium and boredom, and then intense excitement for a moment. Right. The whale, vo- the whaling vo- voyages are like three years. Yeah. And most of that, you're not hunting any whales. You're literally just sailing. You're swabbing boot ducks for like, a month. <clears throat> they sail in the book. They start from Nantucket and they sail around Africa. There's a guy from there. <laughs> there is a guy. I've from heard there. about that yeah. guy. I've seen that movie. 
<laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so they sailed to the Pacific, but they, I felt like they went around the long way because they go around Africa. The Nantucket guy. He yeah. Away. <laughs> <laughs> Never actually left Nantucket. <laughs> I mean, why would he? <laughs> that that uh, on a ship that doesn't have like a steam engine, that has to take like a year just to get all the way over to the to the to the Central Pacific. Well, that must like have been goddamn Magellan, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that took like two years. He died. Yeah, and he died. He didn't make he it. He didn't even make it all the way to Magellan. He died. When did this book take place? Like mid 1800s. I think like it's that? written 1851, 1853, something like that. And it's written it's, then. It's written then. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when it takes place because this was like the peak of whaling. Back when whaling was cool. Whaling was a huge industry in America. Huge. And, and he makes a big deal about that in the book too. Like America kicks ass at whaling. Yeah, um, America. He does. He sucks whaling's dick for this whole book. <laughs> it, he does. Yes. <laughs> for sure. I mean, that should be a reason to read it. <laughs> he handles the balls of whaling. <laughs> so, so the tedium that you felt reading it is meant to mirror the tedium of whaling. I mean, I just feel like it. it it's like hypnotic when you're reading it. You know, like you're just like get into this zone. And you're like, all right, there's this thing about. Queequeg being all fucking weird, and then there's a thing about Ahab being mysterious and talking like he's out of a Shakespeare play. And that's and, chapter, and that's chapter three. And then there's like a whole Ahab isn't in it until like a full quarter through the yeah, book. Ahab, he makes a, it's like chapter thirty something. Ahab, it's like thirty five. Out of chapter is fourteen pages. Some chapters are a page, and some chapters are twenty pages. It's yeah. very weird, uh, and that is a big part of their experience. And actually, the Ishmael, the character, isn't in the book. Yeah, he's not. Really he's a narrator, but he has no interaction with the characters. He's not a whaler, Except really. the one yeah. time when he was tied by the belt to Queequeg, like a Siamese twin. That's because they're married. Oh, yeah, they, exactly. They got, they got married, married in the book. And then they, they were, like, carving up Struggling. a whale. You don't know? Oh, yeah. It's, like, very... Queequeg, they hugged each other, and the Queequeg says, now we are married. It's like, okay, dude. So Queequeg is the Polynesian harpooner who... His tattoos on his face. His whole body's covered in tattoos. He's, just, he's like a checkered man. So in the beginning... He's a hipster. Ishmael is like, I'm going to go go whaling. I do that every once in a while. I go on a ship when I feel really bummed out and depressed. And I go do me some whaling for a few years, and then I'm okay. So he goes there, and he has to wait to get on a ship in Nantucket, and he stays at an inn. And the innkeeper's like, "Listen, there's not really, there's no room, but you could just like hang out in the bed of this other guy, and that's totally cool. Just like whatever happens, so I'm cool with it, Nantucket." <laughs> so, so then he's in the guy's bed, and then Queequeg comes in. He's like, and no one ever told him he's a savage. And then Queequeg comes in, tattooed cannibal. all over. He calls him a cannibal because mm-hmm. he's out trying to sell a shrunken head. Like he has, that's and what, who yep. hasn't tried to do that? It's not easy. And Queequeg comes back, and then he makes his ablutions and you know rituals to his little idol that he worships. I forgot its name. Yeah, I forgot its name too. Uh, uh, it's like Mojo or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Some he has like a little, a little wooden man, old, uh, ebony statue of a yeah. god thing that he worships. It's like a fetish, and um, not in the sex sense. That comes later. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then like that's later that night and, when they get married. And Ishmael's like. Oh, me, oh, my. And he's like, pulls the blankets up over his boobs like it's in a fucking PG-13 movie. <laughs> and then he's like, what are you doing here? And you're a cannibal. And then they get in the bed, and then he wakes up, and he's like spooning with Queequeg. And he's like, we're best buds now. It's just, it's, it's all good. We're basically married. That's how friends were made back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Kindergarten was much more, much more complicated than when you made and friends. I mean, there's like serious homoerotic overtones of that scene where like Queequeg's naked leg is draped over Ishmael's body as they're just hanging out in the bed and he's like going harpooning uh, which, <laughs> which chapter is this? this is like chapter three this is um, right at the beginning yeah, it's, it's like there's the, a chapter the that's called like the wedding or something like that and like they basically say like we're married now Quig, they like, they like West Massachusetts. Queequeg holds him around the waist and touches his forehead to his forehead and says and now we are married and they're like blood brothers but you know 
married. Because I'm going to tell you, it's like the first, you don't even have to get deep into the book before you're like, this sucks. You're like, <laughs> you're like this is fucking weird. It's called like, the nightgown. Like he's in his nightgown. He's wearing like a fucking sleep muumuu. And then they, <laughs> they cuddle throughout the night. Totally cool, man. But it's just weird that that is a thing. Mm-hmm. How the book opens. And they're like, all right, now let's get on a boat. <laughs> For three years. <laughs> yeah, can't quit. Quick way. Quick way. So they won't let, they won't let Quigwake on the boat because he looks like a, a pagan. He is a pagan. And then, and then Ishmael's like, hey, no, he goes to church. He's cool. He's my husband. <laughs> and he could throw a harpoon like a motherfucker. And he throws a harpoon into a spot of tar. And they're like, we'll give you whatever you want. Or the, the, we'll oh, give you one ninetieth. The, oh, you get the ninetieth lead? 90th lay. Lay. And oh, Ishmael, Ishmael got, the like, first lay. He got like 275th lay. So he, get, he doesn't get shit. He says when he signs up, his pay will uh, cover the clothes he's wearing when he gets back. But he'll get fed for three years. It's like, all right, and well, maybe die. And maybe die. Hmm. Yeah, they, they Spoiler. He'll be less depressed. That was his whole thing. He's in, he's, I mean, there's these doldrums, and sometimes my mind wanders. We, we didn't even talk about the opening lines, one of the most famous lines, and it's often the most famous or, like, the best it, opening call, line. Call Me Maybe? Call Me Maybe. It's Carly Rae Jepsen wrote, that's the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's the, a huge Herman Melville fan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever see there's a far side where it's like Herman Melville's oh, yeah. drafts and it's like, call me Daniel, <laughs> call me Frank. <laughs> but it's call me Ishmael, period. That is a really interesting line. It tells you a lot about it's the book. It's the last interesting line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, mean, it, I think it sets up this interesting thing where Ishmael immediately can't be trusted as a narrator. Why can't you trust him? Because why wouldn't he just say his fucking name? That's his name. You don't say call me this. That's if that's not your name. Oh, you would say, my name is Ishmael. Yeah. If they call me Bone Daddy, like <laughs> your mom does, you would be like, all right, yeah, all right. That's what, you're, that's what you want to be called. I get it. That's not his name. He can't be trusted. I guess I never thought of that. He's immediately not telling the truth, which makes the whole book interesting then, in a different way. It doesn't make it interesting. It does. But not telling like, the truth about what? Ex- well, that's the mystery so of it. So he's not on a whaling voyage? He's not telling the truth about is whale painting? Really bad acid trip? I don't just, know what it is, but it just means that you have to read what he says more carefully. If I did that, I'd fucking kill myself. <laughs> you gotta reread it. I just did, and I don't want to ever reread it again. I think I need to reread it one more time in my life, and then I'll be good. But I need to read, like... Read it when you're, like, 90, and then that when you die during it, you'll be like, this is worth it. <laughs> I asked for it. <laughs> the Viagra. So, the... No, I think I need to read it with, like, a heavily annotated edition, because there's so much happening. There's a shit ton of biblical allusions, and I don't get most of those. Then there's mythological things. Don't get a lot of those. Random nautical shit that I don't understand. It's a lot of nautical shit. Stuff about like book publishing. Like even when he d- talks about whales, he divides the whales into sections, and they're folios, quartos, and something else. Like that's the size of paper. Like like yeah. Like because he's a fucking writer. Right? It's like a weird thing. Like why would you divide whales into that group? He's called the folios or the, the f- whales in on the side. In the Venn diagram of people, whaling and writing, they're both W's. So there's a lot of overlap. <laughs> So there's like tons of detail where I'm like, I think I understand what he's talking about, but I probably don't know. You know, like I need, I don't want to like go back to school and take a course on it, I mean, but I kind I get, of need that if I really want to get the book more interesting. But there's, it's just there's so much bullshit. I think it serves a purpose though. Melville was a successful writer. He was actually kind of like I think it was success. just that like back in the day they had more time. But this book was a commercial failure. Good. I mean, <laughs> like the legend is like when Melville died, virtually nothing of his was in print. And his obituary had his name spelled wrong. Like, that's how unfamous he was when he died in 1891 or something like that. And Moby Dick was a flop uh, when it came out. (laughs) And then was not rediscovered until the 1920s. 
you know, generation after Melville had died. You know, at the book time, the book is 70-something years old. As American writers were trying to kind of figure out what is the American canon, and then people were like, this book is really good. This should be in there. I don't know why they felt that way. I don't either. And that's like the thing I've been struggling with as I've reread it. Like, why is this a big deal? Thoughts? Yep. Actually, I'm I mean, it is sometimes considered the greatest American novel. The at, greatest least, American novel. at least the greatest of the 19th century, but for sure the greatest American novel. And I just don't get it. I apparently am not smart enough to understand why it's the greatest American novel. Maybe a beer will help us figure yeah, out. Yeah, I think you're right. The More beer, then we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the next one, it's Handed Over, which is another IPA. Uh, we brewed this with uh, Sand City Brewing, which is uh, out on, uh, in on Long Island. Balls deep in Long Island. Balls deep. <laughs> They're on the uh, north side. Uh, this has a whole bunch of citra hop in it. It is very citrusy. Now, what, I mean, is that why it's called a citra hop? I guess so. That makes sense. Uh, I didn't I have name no it. I have no fucking idea. It makes, <laughs> it makes sense. Science. <laughs> Science rears its ugly head again. Yeah, and so this one's 7.4. So, so ni- nice, happy, approachable IPA. Is this, like, pretty much exclusively citra hop? Yes, yeah, other than the bittering hop that we do in the boil. So the, the hops you use in the boil to make the bitterness come out are a little bit different than what you'll use in the uh, dry hopping. The dry hopping is more for aroma. If you try to uh, bitter with a, an aroma hop, it won't bitter your beer. And if you try and dry hop with a bitter hop, it is uh, very is, bad. Is that always the case, that there are mm-hmm. hops just used? Yeah, there's several hundred different hop varieties that you can you can acquire. And uh, so some will fall into different categories, and some are kind of in the middle of and then, yeah, there's, like, some hops give you, like, an onion flavor. And we, we were trying to identify that, and, like, the yeah. onion flavor. We it's had a beer recently. We were like, this tastes like onion. That doesn't seem like the right word. But Yeah, it's not the thing for me, but I guess it works for some people. Uh, an onion drink is a little <laughs> A little teeny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so there's, I mean, there's, you know, you can get different types of flavors off different hops as well, but a lot of aroma is what you're going to be getting. I once had an onion uh, drink, but it leaked. Oh, uh, <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, you scallion. <laughs> Chives. So, so the bittering hop, you won't actually taste like the flavor from it. You just get the bitterness of it. Is that how that works? A little bit of flavor, but yeah, I think like a, a classic bittering hop is I think uh, Columbus is one that. W- I feel like Warrior is one. Maybe. I feel like I've brewed with that, and they're like, you put that in right away. I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you got to get it early in the boil. Uh, or late in the boil, depending on. Uh, but yeah, that it's not going to go in the fermentation tank. Because this is a very like, familiar flavor. I'm just what I'm trying to like yes. understand is like so when I look at a label and they're like this is with citra hops, I'm like oh okay, I have a sense of what that means now. Yeah, it's it's uh, generally citra is going to be one of your more popular hops. A lot of people are into that. You know, stuff like Galaxy. Uh, it's another one that's that that one's out of like a uh, New Zealand. So those gonna, are expensive. Man. Yeah, I would say so. It's going to be a little more rare. But yeah, if you see a beer that's like Galaxy, you should you know, and you like hops, then I would say buy it. But if you see a beer that's a Citra, it's nice because that one you can actually get here pretty easy, um, and you'll be able to be like, okay, I'm familiar with what this tastes like, or I know what Simcoe tastes like, and you'll be like, oh, this one's maybe a little bit more earthy versus this one's a little more fruity, or this one's a little more floral. You can kind of get an idea of what the beer is going to taste like before you buy it and try it. Yeah. Samuel Adams used to make a big big hairy deal about their noble hops. Are those old world, is it like German hops? Yeah, I want to say that's old world hops. Generally, I it hopefully they're getting them actually from, you know, Germany or wherever. Uh, but yeah, so those they, ones they are... They goose step their way over here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the hop plant's interesting because it can only grow. Uh, it needs a certain amount of light, and so that, that limits it to where, uh, you know, scientifically, where it can grow. So lot, the longitude. So it's not, you're not going to find it it's like growing. A, it's like a, like coffee where it can only grow 
There. Exactly. It's it's very similar like that. So it's, that's why it's found like in the Willamette and uh, Yakima Valley, and then that's why we're now growing it in New York State because we're in the same you know swath on the you know we get the same amount of sun. And if you flip the globe over, then you're that's why New Zealand is able to grow some hops. Some hops grow better in different climates than others, and so but but uh, hmm. but those noble hops, yeah, they're coming over uh, from the old world. Do people use hops for anything but beer? Soap. Soap? I like beer themed soap though. Beer themed soap. So if you're like, oh, I want this IPA soap, you know, like I want to smell like beer all day. Yeah, you know, then I just, just wouldn't shower. Just do I what don't. I normally do. <laughs> I don't want to keep my job. So when, yeah. I, when I want to smell like beer, when all I day. throw up on myself, I just don't bathe. Uh, candles. I don't know. Candles smells like beer either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want a candle. It feels like a hot, have beery you, breath on me. <laughs> have you heard of these things, uh, mandals? They're like manly scented candles. They uh, smell like gun. There's one. There's one called. There's one Steak. called. There's one called Shipper's Mouth. Oh my like, god. Uh, mint and cigarettes. Queequeg. What? <laughs> Does not smell like Queequeg at all. We had an idea, Nate and I, a while ago. We we're gonna make uh, this is our, our retirement plan. So uh, copyright or whatever. Copyright. Uh, Trademark. We're gonna make a, uh, a tea for men's masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna be it's gonna be flavored after man things Tastes like, like bourbon. steak and bourbon and <laughs> yeah, just uh, ash and <laughs> like barbecue pit tea and your father's appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're working on the the recipe for father's appreciation. As soon as my dad appreciates it, I'll let you know. As soon as your dad lets you know. Yeah, son, I would have done it a little differently. Got best going tea. That's everything. That actually was pretty good. Thank you. You can sell it at Spencer's. Oh yeah, totally. And you can just put Lipton's in there, though. Like, nobody's actually going to expect it to taste like that. This does take my father's approval. <laughs> I've never Drinking experienced tea. this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this Sidra thing is ridiculously easy to drink. <laughs> I can't believe I drink it all that fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys like it? It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's lovely. I, this is not it. This is the other one. Yeah. I had all Mine, that one I very fast, I drank everything. <laughs> I drank all This the one drinks. was the, the third one. Which one was the third one? Uh, fly on. Fly on. I keep thinking of the Primus song, Fish On. That's what I keep playing in my head. Every time. Every time. I don't know how much of a Primus fan you are. Oh, you're missing out. He's missing. <laughs> He's wearing the Primus shirt. Uh, <laughs> they're half of my shirts. I've seen, I've seen Primus. Right on. Cool. <laughs> I think one person in the Drunk Guys Book Club has a Primus tattoo. Is that right? I don't know about that. I think someone does. Yeah. I do, but I can't show it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the joy of podcasts. It's in a private place. Those are my balls touching the mic. <laughs> it's already an explicit podcast. It's okay. Just go all the way in, you know? Wrist deep. Just get in there. The wrist bone gets caught. <laughs> Only if you like sneeze at the wrong time. No, it always <laughs> gets caught. So back to uh, Moby Dick. Moby Cock. We, we were kind of like bouncing around. There was no uh, real. Unless we just need more thing. beer. Is that what we're doing? We're actually switching out of the IPAs back into sours. Um, so this next one's called the. Uh, it's called a beach comb over. That's funny. Yeah, it's a, uh, that's a strong sour. That's a good word sandwich. It's a seven point eight percent, which is definitely higher than what we are typically putting out for sours. Um, it uh, has pineapple, passion fruit, and lime, and it's brewed with a brewery out of Ohio called Hoof Hearted Brewery, which, if you say it, it will sound like hoof hearted. <laughs> nice. You want do they do to that keep on that in, or should we should we cut that out? Oh no, it's totally fine. Did, did they do uh, that on purpose? <laughs> yes, they did do it on purpose. Like they, that, uh, oh, they, really? They did. Yeah, okay, they, sweet. If, That's those guys like, are a guess. Like that, uh, what that rapper, <laughs> Lil Uzi Vert, is Lil Lucifer. Wow, that's that's just terrible. Though. That's a lot of work. I prefer hoof farted. Well, it's yeah, hoof farted is better. <laughs> hoof farted is always better. That's usually the answer is Michael. Mm. <laughs> Fuck you guys. But seven point eight is re- like sour is usually like four, three, four, five percent alcohol. This is like really, it's like an imperial sour almost. Also for sour, it's not actually very sour. Yeah, it's uh, sometimes it's not, it hurts to drink. Yeah, it's, it's like not old as sour. It just tastes like a lovely juice. 
Yeah, like our green star and red shift are definitely tartar as far as sours that we put out. This one is like a nice sourness to it. It, it tastes it tastes kind of like a, a fruit juice. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you don't like sours. Are you okay with it? I mean, I, that's because every sour I've had up until like now has been like, it's physically sour. Mm. Like they really like lean into the whole sour. The yeah, just like, oh, <laughs> why would I drink this? It hurts my face. This is, this is nice. No, this so, is really good. I also don't like sours. I I'm, a big, I'm a big Belgian fan. When they taste like juice. Mm-hmm. And this is more like juice than like, oh, dear God, this is sour. So it says on our menu, zombie-inspired. Yeah. What does that mean? You know, I'm going to have to, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Trade secret. Yeah, like, I think there's some industry terms, uh, and zombie is one that I'm not quite sure of, because the way I've heard it is at the end of the beer fest, when you were like, oh, we're done, uh, you know, it's 8 o'clock, we got to stop serving, there's this horde of people wandering around, beer zombies, that are like, I need another beer, I need another beer. I've never been there. I've never done that <laughs> yeah, at all. And so, what, is the, what is this magical place? Yeah, the beer zombie <laughs> world. So part of me thinks that that is in reference to... Um, exactly. Exactly. Uh, that this is a 7.8% sour. But it's, it's bright and it'll wake them up. <laughs> yeah, zombies for that uh, alcohol. <laughs> but the other part of me thinks I'm completely they are, wrong. They're full of, uh, full of cran- cranberries? Yeah. Oh, that's why they linger. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Zombie. <laughs> so anyway, my boss is going to fire me. <laughs> Tell him you were on the Fifty Shades of Grey episode. <laughs> my, uh, my, my cousin's wife, when we were out once, sang, we had karaoke, and we were doing, we were having a party at a VFW, and she sang Zombie. <laughs> VFW. We were at a VFW, she didn't realize that, cram- that Zombie was about PTSD, and we <laughs> sang it at that, the place, and that was weird. I was like, oh, this is not appropriate at all. Hey, guys, beer's on me. <laughs> <laughs> this'll help, this'll help all of that. Numb the pain. I, I think what helps this, I mean, I'm also not a fan of sours usually, but I, this is, one, not very tart. It's like sour, sure, but not intimidatingly so. But more, like, the fruit flavors, like we talked about earlier, like, pineapple, and passion fruit's pretty bitter, or tart, or something. I don't know what, what the right word is for, for passion fruit, but it has, like, a really strong... Pungent. I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, an intense flavor, but, like, lime has, like, a citrusy kind of thing, pineapple. Like, that kind of balances it out, makes it, like, a really palatable thing for me. Like, I really, I'm digging this way more than I expected to. I was like, I'm like, oh, that's not going to be good. This is really good. I personally have, have never ordered a sour beer at a bar. Like, I see it on the list, like, sour beer, I will not order that. I won't do it. Because I, the only ones I've ever had have been... Like Blue cheese an, ale. Yeah, like a fucking... <laughs> turns your mouth into an anus. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, try and avoid that. That's yep. good. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know who the fuck would want that. Yeah, the other category is, like, a Berliner-wise, which is going to be, like, a... It's, they tend to be, like, three and a half percent. Yeah, they're really light. Yeah, really light. And I'm like, yeah, only three and a half percent. What's the it's point? Like non-alcoholic. Hmm. It's like iced tea. Fucking juicy juice. What Now, what is... Is there... Uh, a significant difference in those styles? Is it about like green bill or how it's soured? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. That's fine. <laughs> They're they all. Let's say green bill. But there's like a, a continuum of sour. Like there's sort of like, it's like a relatively new thing, I think, in beer, like the sour beers. The kettle souring, it's definitely caught on within the last few years. Uh, before you would have to, you know, pitch a certain yeast and leave it out in somebody's backyard. Uh, whereas, so now, it's how I brew. <laughs> so this kettle souring is a little bit different where you, you are using, it's, it's, I mean, you could even, it's similar to like yogurt, you know, probiotics in, in the kettle and then you're Dan doing beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I poop so much. Sponsorship. Um, yogurt. So, uh, you'll basically have that in the kettle for two days or something instead of a couple hours. And so it's just like kind of doing its work 
over the course of a, over the course of a weekend. And that's how it's popular. It's people are like, okay, we'll brew it on Friday and come back on Monday, and you know, there's our sour beer. That's way more like there's like lambics and stuff like that. Like those take years. Yeah, those take forever. And then years, like, years, years for a beer, and you don't know what you're getting until years. Uh, cool. They, you that, blend that, them that, to that get different that, things. Uh, that monk shit. The monk shit, like like Westy Twelve, like the, the well, legendary like, beers all, of the monks. All those monk beers was like it's a lambic. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think the monk beers are lambics. There's the um, like cool. A bunch shit. of them are. I mean, at least the old ones, like the like French shit. Bel the the lambic stuff is Belgian, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna trust them. I go. I'm to gonna say Belgian, uh, but I mean, I, I think agree. I know what you're talking about with the monks, the Trappists. Well, they have like Trappists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. have like unique yeast strains. Yeah, which that's so. because they only fuck each other. <laughs> uh, or it's from their stick. <laughs> They, uh, I stand by the original sentence. What I've recently learned uh, is, yeah, they had like you know they have their little pot boiling away, and they just have a stick that they stir the pot with, and then they throw it back in the corner, and then they use that stick over and over and over, and it like it's their yeast strain is just kind of hanging out on that it's stick. Like an independent evolution kind of thing. Yeah, and so that's why like oh this tapers- tapestry. Uh, well, tra- 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 <laughs> Come on, it's a tapestry on the wall. <laughs> uh, my grandma made it. Uh, we'll have like a particular flavor of yeast, uh, which affects the flavor of the beer because they keep using the same stick. Or it'll be from like a certain location where you always hear about like, oh, the cherry orchards would blow over the vat of beer, and that would always make it so that their certain flavor would come in. Or you can just cheat and kettle. No, I don't not cheat. Uh, you can also control the fermentation differently with a certain kettle souring, and so you you'll have a better idea of what uh, your flavor is going to be when you come out of the fermentation process. So. Some people are excited by the idea of not knowing what you're going to get, and other people, the most breweries I would imagine are like shit in their pants, uncomfortable with not knowing what you're going to get. <laughs> yeah, there's a decent amount of money involved, <laughs> and so if you're going to like invest that much, you want to be sure. Yeah, you want to. You want it to be a product that people want and that you're happy with. And, yeah, if you're like, oh, I'm going to spend all this money and time and effort, and then in three years be like, well, that's garbage. I'm dumping it out. Like, that's something you're hoping to avoid. Whereas you can kettle sour it, uh, and then, you know, three weeks, pump out a product that you're, you're proud of. So uh, we're, we're trying to do both, you know, the not, not the dumping out stuff, uh, the uh, <laughs> kettle souring and experimenting with some of more of the wild fermentation. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of a beer taking years. Lambic, I think, has to be three years old. Uh, sure. I think it's like you blend it's like a one-year, a two-year, and a three-year batch, and they blend it together to make the release, which is why Lambic beers are really expensive. You know, like a 12-ounce like beer is like 10 bucks. you know, like a lot more money than the 250 or 3 bucks you spend normally yeah. on a kind of beer, because they just have to sit around in a, like a Belgian farmhouse for a long time and get, you know, yeast shit. Hang out. But the other thing like, that I don't, I kind of like in my mind, they kind of go together because they're like funky. Like a, under the umbrella of funky beers is like Brett, or is it Brett Nomices? Yeah, you can call it either. I just go with Brett, uh, as most people do. Call him the Hitman. Brett the Hitman, <laughs> coming to uh, funk up your beer. <laughs> and so yeah, Brett's a pretty popular yeast that uh, if you're wanting to add a bit of a tartness, uh, a little bit of that sour to your beer, uh, you throw it on in. A lot of times you'll see it with barrel aging, so you can make the beer, throw it into barrels. So some of these have Brett the Hitman. Yeah, I saw them with Brett C right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So and there's a couple of different strains of Brett. So. Those and there's like Bruxelles, I don't know how to pronounce yeah, that them. one. I've seen that one too. You know, yeah. what, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like the Belgian other. So there's like three categories of yeast essentially. There's like ale yeast, lager yeast, and then there's like who the fuck knows what that is yeast. If, you go, if you're like a home brewer and you're mm-hmm. bought to buy yeast, it's like that's what you look at. You're like, oh, ale yeast. And then there's English ale yeast, IPA yeast, West Coast IPA, and then lager yeast. And there's like here's a German Kulsch yeast or whatever how you would say that stupid word. And then there's like other. And it's Brett and a bunch of those. A bunch of like wild things, and then there's like a bunch that I don't even know how to 
begin to pronounce. They look like they're written in fucking cuneiform. Like, Bruxelles essentius. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I have a master's degree. So, yeah. so you In science? Can read real Not the science, but the science. one of the social sciences. One of them. That's one all of that matters. The main one. History. It's important. But yeah, there's like weird yeasts. Like you guys. With your, with your degree in music. <laughs> Two degrees in music. I only have one. So, yeah, the second degree burns. But the... <laughs> the uh, there's like all these like weird... I get the sense that that they are like cultured from some dude's backyard or something like that. They don't age well. <laughs> no, they age very well. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely a lot of people with well, not a lot, but yeah, there are people with master's degrees in yeast. All right, so should we talk more about the book? We should. We've got. Uh, we have a lot more beer to get to. What's funny is like beer. beach over, That actually is vaguely related to the sea. There are beaches, and we would have totally if we had to if we weren't uh, in the luxury luxurious position of recording here, we would have totally done that at home and be like ah beach. Wells, beach whales. Close enough. Some of those are connections are pretty weak. Would there be a whole chapter on beaches? There fucking you know, might as well be. be. There would be five whole chapters on, on beaches. There's not a, there's there's not a single different chapter Different kinds of it's grains of sand. sand. But there would be. It would fit with the book. It could uh, It'd be Shakespearean language about beaches. For only five Ahab speaks Shakespeareanly. Everyone else speaks very Dickensian. Yeah, it's Dickensian. It's very Dickensian about fucking nothing. About whales. Whales and paintings of whales and mythology about whales and the sea and the glory of whalers. So, is this book a metaphor? Well, that's the big question, right? Like, wait, I thought, I thought the big question is: Is Ahab a bitch? So you have oh, listened to our show. You have listened. <laughs> oh, yes. Is Moby Dick a bitch? Moby, Moby Dick, Dick is, is not, not a bitch. bitch. Moby Dick fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you listened to our show. Thanks a lot. <laughs> that, that's, that's good. Really awesome. That is really good. Um, yeah, that, that, that was our question on a lot of shows. Um, and we just recently have brought that back for uh, we did, yeah. Perks of Being a Wallflower. Uh, yeah, I didn't every, just, I didn't is that a bitch. Air. That is the answer. <laughs> Moby Dick is not a bitch. No, Moby Dick is Moby Dick has been killing humans for He does it for fun. Years. He enjoys death. No, I, no one in this book is a bitch. Ishmael's a bitch. Ishmael's not a bitch. He's just kind of useless. He's not a bitch, though. He's a bitch. Why is he a bitch? He's just there. Because he's a fuck. He's like the 18th wheel well, on this whale ship. But, but and he all didn't, he does is talk about how he read about whale skulls. But he didn't, he didn't like fucking like complain about it or pussy out. He just was there, but he wasn't a bitch. He, he also did nothing. Most of them did nothing. Well, most of them died, actually. They there, did was like, there were like five all of them died, <laughs> except <laughs> Ishmael. So. so if anything, he's not a bitch because he lived. There you go. Even Pip the child was not a bitch. Pip the child went crazy because they tortured him. <laughs> like, we'll teach you a lesson, Pip. Te- teach you to fall mm-hmm. overboard, you dumb shit. So, this, yeah, the story, like, Pip is the small child who jumps out of the boat when he's scared by the whale. And they're like, don't do that again. We'll fucking leave you there, Pip. And he's like, all right, I won't. And then he instantly does it again. Like, right now we're leaving you there. Stupid Pip. And then they let him sit out there in the middle of the ocean for a while. And then they're like, all right, let's go get him back. And he's gone crazy. And then he's crazy when he comes back. He's, he's snapped. It hasn't really been crazy. that long. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, he's like nine years old and he's in the middle of the sea. Abandoned, and he's like, I'm gonna it's, fucking it's drown out here. Hiring a nine-year-old. Late. You gotta keep your costs are high. It's kind of like at a brewery. You know, you gotta cut corners where you can. <laughs> Cheaper labor, like kettle souring. You I mean, gotta he, he hire a child. Do, he can't really do much labor. <laughs> what labor does he do except provide an opportunity for to throw a child overboard? He swabs the poop deck. This one's called chromoscope, which sounds vaguely medis- medical. It's about time. I wish that book wasted a lot. Chromo of... means colored. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a chrono. Like the chromatic scale. Like chrono, I think it's a chronoscope. It's chromo. Chromo. Different. I was wrong. So this is another in big IPA. Yeah, so this, this one says dank. 
Yeah, it does. This is dank. This actually is quite dank. I think uh, you should have an IPA event called Thanksgiving. I'm just going to put that out there. And then I'm going to let you talk about the beer. Uh, <laughs> you just play ASAP Ferg all night. Yeah, so it's Although, a, if you do make a beer called Thanksgiving, can you please just write drunkguysbookclub.com on the menu? That's all we ask. We don't need money, just the shout out. Just street cred. Yeah, if, if I can get the uh, Thanksgiving past, I will. Uh, <laughs> we have the three ghosts of Thanksgiving past. Nice. Dude, um, awesome. So, yeah, this one's uh, the DDH, stands for uh, Double Dry Hop. So, the guy climbs up on a ladder and dumps the hops in twice, and we and it's, it's more complex than that. Is, it, is it at this? So, is it like um, for a few days and then you add a, more, a couple days correct. later? Correct. And so, there's, this is one of those industry terms where it's not well defined at this point. Uh, but essentially what it should be meaning is, yes, it's twice that you're adding hops to the beer, which should infer that you're adding more hops than typically you would. And a lot of times people break it down by, like, how many hops per barrel. So is it three hops per barrel or three pounds, sorry, of hops per barrel so or that, eight that, pounds of hops per barrel? <laughs> barrel's 33 gallons, is that right? That's some science. Is the, uh, <laughs> is the idea that I, I believe you're more, more you're hops is correct. more bitter? Or is it just, I would, well, no, it should be hence. flavor and smell, no, right? Yeah, because it's dry hopping. So it's, when you dry hop a oh, beer... Oh, so dry hop is after the brewing process. Correct. And so right now, it's just when you're dry hopping, it's kind of after the yeast is done doing their thing. Uh, but what you're doing when you dry hop is that you are adding in the hops after the yeast is basically done working, which is just going to give you some aroma. Uh, and some color, that haze, that New England haze that you are seeing in a lot of beers on the East Coast now. But uh, it's not a not a ton of flavor. There will be some flavor, but not this a ton. Might, this might be too much science, but... For me, yes. For, yeah, well, for all of us. <laughs> but do, do you think that adding the hops before or after is more important? Uh, we After? Uh, wait, I'm sorry, you mean... Like before wait. or after the brew? Like oh, okay, wet, I, I understand what you're saying. Wet hopping versus dry hopping. Is, it, is dry hopping just aroma, or does uh, it add any flavor? I, mean, I can't imagine it adds nothing. Just to back up a, a quick step, not to sound like a jerk. But, no, uh, no, no, no. So, please, so please correct me, because I'm back making up this a up. Quick a quick wig? A uh, So the, uh, when you say wet hopping, what wet hopping technically... I, ma- I made that up because I assumed dry hopping was the opposite. Yeah, it's kind of. But uh, wet hopping, what it technically means is a farmer cuts his hops, throws them into a truck, and then that day oh, somebody's like, putting like it into a beer. they're still good. They're like not cones. They're not dried okay. up pellets or anything like... I mean, they are cones. They're that not dried up That is an important pellets. distinction. So wet hop beer... I was wrong. Fucking stab me. Yeah. I see wet hop a lot more on the West... Beer nerds, please yes. restrain your... So yes. it's, it's, it's yeah. more where people, can, where people can actually physically grow hops and yeah. go to the brewer. So I'll see it a lot more like in the, around uh, Oregon, Washington. I'll see the wet hop thing going on. Uh, and it's also only a, during a harvest season. So, so it's well, a very, very time-sensitive thing. Yeah. So the dry hop is... How long do they stay wet? Uh, depending if you're talking about them. I think you want it done in, like in a day. I mean, so Victory is a big <laughs> East tantric. Coast brewery, and all they use is actual leaf hop cone. They don't use pellets. Like, like a lot of breweries are buying pellets. Um, much cheaper to buy pellets and easier to get them, right? And you can store them a lot easier. Like freeze dry. Yeah, exactly. And then, but so they're using actual hop cone, which which is pretty impressive, actually. Um, but uh, if you well, go to I'm the, a big victory fan, yeah, I thought you, they were in Pennsylvania. They are, Pennsylvania. and they have a huge facility. If you go there and do the, like the self guided tour, and they have like this hop room that you look in, and then there's like a push this button, and it blows hop like aroma on you. It's it's actually I've lost weeks of my life to Golden Monkey. Yeah, I forget what his actual question was, but I think it was something along the lines of uh, <laughs> sorry, what's more important? Uh, you need to drop some hops into the kettle when you're boiling, otherwise your beer will have no bitterness, and you need to dry hop. We need to dry hop later. Otherwise, our beer will have none of our fantastic aromas that we're leaning towards. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Dogfish had just recently made a beer that's 100% hopped after the boil. They're crazy. They're fucking out there. It's yeah. called, it was called uh, Liquid Truth Serum, and it was oh. like all the hops have been added post boil, and they use like all sorts of weird, crazy hops to get that effect. It's pretty good, you know. But that's really if you don't put it, you need to have like a balance of bitter and, mm-hmm. and aroma, and then 
I mean, you don't yeah, really dry yeah. hop certain styles, right? Like, you would never dry hop, like, a stout or anything like that, to my knowledge. No, I haven't seen it. I'm sure. I mean, to each their own. <laughs> you know, if you want to dry hop your stout, go ahead. And if Sam wants to, you know, not hop in the boil, then that's on him. But Sam, Sam yeah. Caladione. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Owner of BrewDog. Yeah. Uh, Dogfish. Dogfish. BrewDog. Fuck. Same. This is canine breweries. All right. Uh, Wolf stout. So, yeah. yeah anyway. What's next? Uh, well, well, the chromoscope, just, uh, it's Simcoe and Mosaic. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty straightforward, I, you know, IPA, 8%. Um, so the next one, we're going back to a dark beer. It's in another Imperial Stout, 12%. So it's coming in at, like, uh, one of our uh, <laughs> higher beers. Um, mm. I've been looking forward to this. I've been following you guys on uh, beer menus because that's where you put your updated. Yep. And I, I was looking for the last week, hoping to see something where, like, oh, there they have, Queequeg Ale. Perfect for Moby <laughs> Dick. And then... I was like, ah, oh, shit, nothing really works. But then I was like, oh, 12% alcohol imperial stout. All right, we'll, we'll like, find a way. a way to make this <laughs> work. Wait, wait. Everyone dies I, except oh, yeah. Ishmael. So I think this beer totally fits with Spoiler the book better alert. than any of the others. And the whale. The whale lives, too. No, the, whale the whale lives, dies. Though. The whale lives. The whale lives. The whale lives. What? I thought the whale dies. Don't run for Eric. Well, <laughs> and everybody listening who didn't finish the book yet. No, I, I really <laughs> thought the whale lived. I was 100% sure the whale dies, too. I thought they all kill each other. He dives. It's different. Oh, fuck. I always <laughs> mix up those words. <laughs> Well, if you read the description of the beer, it's just an imperial stout, a delicious typo. Notes of caramel, <laughs> toppy, of deep typo? sugar. Fifty Shades of Grey author of It also says fruit Did she leather. fire up this beer? The fruit leather abyss of darkness. Did you say fruit leather? Fruit? That's totally a thing. If you can read this still, it says fruit leather abyss of darkness. That's a fucking great band name. This, this beer's inner goddess is not happy. Fruit, fruit leather abyss. Fruit, but guys, guys, let's be honest. Fruit leather abyss of darkness is a great name for a gay bar. <laughs> I think it's a great name for just about anything. Like, if this was a stout, you know, this, this stout is called Fruit Leather Abyss of Darkness. I'm like, fuck yes, it is. Yeah, I would order that. I'd put that in my body. I'll take a can't, four pack to go. Just an Imperial Stout. That is, it, it's so, a, meaning that there's heavy. like nothing added to it? Yeah, there's no coconut, it's, it's chocolate, all that kind of stuff. It's quite like, viscous. All, all the flavors it you're getting are from the malt, viscous from the boil. Shit. It's almost like a milkshake. It has a serious mm. body to it. Yep, it's like a J Lo, like a like a BBW <laughs> body. Uh, so yeah, again, we're known for our IPAs, but I like our stouts. But you got a little badonka donk there. Yeah, there's some badonka donk on our stouts. This is really good. <laughs> Thank you. I can't. Uh, so did you have a? You, I mean, you must have had a role in making all of these, right? Uh, yeah, not an active role. <laughs> but like, isn't like ninety percent of making beer cleaning crap? Yeah, yeah. So I've definitely cleaned a uh, fair amount of everything needed for this beer. Uh, like, I deal a lot with the production, uh, excuse me, the packaging side of it. So, like, the actual boil part, like the brewing part, I'm a little less involved in. I'll dump in the bags and grind up the grain, and then I'll, you know, move the beer from one tank to the other and put it into kegs. I feel like those are important parts. <laughs> they are, they are important like making parts. the beer. That's, I feel like it's all <laughs> yeah. the parts. Yeah, no. I don't know if, those are other, if there are other parts, but yeah. I don't know the other parts. My part of the day is like an eight-hour day. The other part of the day is like a 12-hour day, so... Mm. So I got the. Is uh, it twelve hour day every day or just the just the brew initial days. stage? Yeah, just a brew day. It's like every day they brew though. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Word. Okay. We can brew. I mean, right now we're probably brewing three to four days a week uh, because we don't want to hurt everybody that works here. That's guy I haven't started buying kegs yet. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like we just are like continuing to increase our production, and it's like been like a maintained growth because you always hear of like breweries that are like grew too fast, and then now they're like, oh, oops. And all the blood went to their beer boner. Yeah, is so it, is it a thing? I actually, it actually is a thing. Yeah, like, people like, are like over, people, like overextended shelf. Right? Well, people talk about market saturation, but that's like not an issue in New York City at this time because I'm going to pull a number out, like 30 breweries, which I think I'm within 10, 
but so let's say there's 30. That's a lot. For the five boroughs? Yeah, let's say there's... Yeah. Four boroughs. And again, like, <laughs> I, I moved here from Portland, Oregon. There's like, what, a million people there, and there were over 80 breweries when I moved here. Just in Portland? Just in Portland. So... Brewery is a loose definition there. It means yeah, someone's yeah. kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I moved to New York. Very locally sourced. Like 112 million beards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I moved to New York City, and I was like, what is there, like 12 breweries? Like, in New York City? It, it is a strangely... For, like, the size yeah. of the city and the number of people, it is, I guess, per capita, yeah, not definitely. as high as you think it would be. I There's mean, but it's growing and, every and day. Yeah, I guess it, it, it's, hard, it's hard to get a warehouse-level amount of space yeah, to exactly. brew. And then, like, <laughs> you got to take space from the dead. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but it's good because like, there's nothing um, else in this fucking city. So I don't think there's, like, market no. saturation. New York City is a big market, and people want to come in. And so there's, like, a lot of out-of-state breweries that are, that are coming in. And so the way you overextend is you're like, oh, I just see that I'm always keep growing this percentage. And then all of a sudden, you know, 12 other breweries open, and 10 other breweries are importing into this area. And so then all of a sudden you're like, nobody's buying my beer. And so we have, like, maintained, like, a nice steady growth, and that's not an issue. Keeping it, keeping it going straight. Yeah. And you then we also... Wanna overdo it, and then fuck up. Yeah, that would be awkward. You don't want to shoot your load. Yes, not early. Uh, blow your sperm whale. <laughs> Add up your Moby dick. <laughs> oh, the nice I've thing about I've had 14,000 beers today. <laughs> uh, I haven't eaten that much. <laughs> you guys should have came after dinner. So did you listen to the Catcher in the Rye episode? Is that what you heard? I've heard, um, yeah, so I've heard... I don't know, at least the first five, Holy six, shit. Wow. seven. That means yeah. I'm new. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You Jimmy wasn't on any of those. Jimmy yeah, 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 actually. I'm, I, a late, uh, I'm a latecomer. When you emailed, they always tell me. When you emailed, I was like, wait, there's three now? So I haven't actually gotten up to the three. That's I think about I, in the teens. I came out in 22. Yeah. Um, Is that right? I listened to Harry Potter. I hadn't read Harry Potter. I'm that guy. I haven't read Harry Potter. It's cool, dude. I never saw any of the Godfathers. <laughs> oh, what? Dude. Like, that's my fucking reaction to Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, at, at, at this point, it's just like a matter of like, I have to not... If it's on in a room, you leave. For the sake of like that. saying I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, the gun and the cannoli. I <laughs> finished reading The Alienist last night, and I'm like, yay, I can really? listen to that episode now. So that was right. fine. Yeah. It was fine. Mission accomplished for getting I'm know, just, people to I'm read just a books. huge Dakota Fanning fan. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fanning. <laughs> I'm a Dakota Fanning. I'm happy she's working again. <laughs> I believe that joke is on that episode, actually. Yep, Probably because she's a fucking episode. saint. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I think that was a day. I think that was the fourth episode of a day we recorded. <laughs> uh, we we, t- we tend to skew towards uh, the simplest plots being the drunkest episodes. The more ridiculous books we do at the end. Yeah. And if we have to really be more academic, we do those at the beginning. Okay. Now that now it all makes Before sense. Before we have, had well, the early ones were beers. one a day. Yeah. And then we realized this was unsustainable. That's unsustainable because mm-hmm. you know we had lives. Lives. Yeah. So we had to figure out a workaround. I wasn't there for that. I don't and know. you have to read books. So you can't read books if you're recording. Well, if you listen to our, uh, um, what the fuck was it, Hitchhiker's Guide, we all said... Uh, we barely talked about the book. We barely talked about it, yeah. But we set for ourselves... Like uh, this one. Annual uh, reading goals. And for uh, Nate and I, it's 100 books 100 books. I saw that. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a solid 50. You're, you're going to make it to 100. You're going to make it to 100. Right? I'm going to make it to 60 or 70. So what, are you, what are you on right now? I have done 31. I'm on 40. This is delicious. I've, I've started sipping it. Cause it's so the beer that you're trying now is the Double Dry Hop Moss. It's a uh, double IPA. It's 8.5%. Uh, again, double dry hop. And then it's uh, Citra, El Dorado, and Mosaic, which are uh, pretty pretty common uh, hop options. The Moss. Seen a bunch of El... Uh, DDH means double dry hop. Uh, we just have a little menu, and we can't put it all there. <laughs> this is This is actually fucking lovely. 
Yeah, so it's a really nice IPA. It's a little less hazy than maybe some of your other ones. It's a little more amber in color. That's really but nice. it's not malty. That's really good. This mm -hmm. is this is one of the dangerous ones. How strong is this? Eight, Eight and, and a half. Because oh, this is not super bitter. Again, this is like on the like sweeter a, side. It's a lovely juice. Is that wrong to say? Like, is this? Uh, I wouldn't say sweet. Well, but yeah, for IPA standards. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not sweet, but I mean, as someone who doesn't like IPAs, this is. Is this an IPA? Yeah, this is nice. It doesn't taste like anything like that. It's, it's a, a double IPA. It's a double IPA. It's it tastes like zero IPAs. Yay. We this got him. really good. We hooked him. It, you got to make him drink 11 beers, and then he loves the double IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> this, is number, this is number 12. This yes, number, correct. This is number 12. I can almost feel my feet. But we're drinking a baker's dozen of beers, mm. it turns out. Yep. Before we go get some more to actually talk about Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Moby Dick. <laughs> Right so so wait, what is the um, what is the metaphor? What's I mean, isn't mo is what's it a the metaphor about uh, the, um, the, the unattainable goal or like chasing something you can never achieve? Yeah, or 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 the metaphor is um, writing getting uh, the getting thing paid actually getting the thing you wish for, because Ahab spends forty years chasing Moby Dick, the white whale. Forty years? No, no, that's what he says that's in the book. He says forty. Well, that's years. how long he's been a whaler. That's, that's not what. Long okay, he's, been he's only been I, since I thought the last he lost, trip. Okay, yeah, he's been a whaler for forty years. I thought he was searching for Moby Dick for forty no, no. years. Maybe he, I he got, got he got wrong, fucked up the the last trip, and then he's out now. Is, is it maybe? I'll, I thought it was a lot longer. I'll give it a solid ten. Okay, maybe. maybe. But anyway, but not so forty. It's not been a whole life. Is obsessed with Moby Dick, with finding the whale and killing the white whale instead of making a profit. And Starbuck and the other his other you know crew members are like, what the hell? Flask we're on this for tubs or whatever. Stub. We're, we're at this Flask, for uh, stub. stub and Star Child. Star Starbuck. Child. Starbuck. Star Child by Finback Brewery <laughs> is uh, mm -hmm. the and first the, the, the three mates in Swank. Yeah, I hear you calling. So the other dude is a very famous. There's a scene where Starbuck is like, dude. We need to go actually hunt whales. And he's like, That's fuck that to shit. To get the profit. I don't fuck, fuck that Fuck them in Nantucket. <laughs> they can suck it. We're not hunting a whale until I kill that white whale. He doesn't yeah. care. He, mm -hmm. he forsakes everything that's actually important and what his job is for revenge. Set out to write a book about just whaling, and then the book ended up being about Ahab. He was the most important character. Because that's like the main point of the entire book is finding the white whale. And then he finds it, and then, he, and then they hunt the whale, and the whale kills everyone. He, he, every whaling, every whaling boat they put out kills everyone. He kills and all then, the, then, the, then the he, little, then he little, actually the, the little boats the book, they send out. The rams the main boat. Well, they, and made him, they made him like three times or yeah, something. Like three days. Yeah. That chase and then the last they, he, he the fucking demolishes every boat that follows him. He, and he the next day he, fi he fucking does it again. He, like, and the third day he takes out the Pequod. Yeah, he rams the Pequod and it like not breaks in half, but it sinks. And Ahab, he's like caught by a rope or something like that around the neck. Hold on, rewind. So one of the things Ahab does is he brings a soothsayer onto the ship. A magic man. A, a, a man from the Middle East who is a Zoroastrian? Did I say that word? I feel like I'm saying Zoroastrian. Right. Who is there? A combination a, a of Percy. Uh, Astrian and Zoro, the Mexican swordsman. <laughs> and Freddie Mercury. So he brings this guy there to kind of like predict things and read into, you know, I don't know, the entrails of a chicken or whatever and then predict what's going to happen. And the guy tells uh, Ahab, you will only die before you see, after you see two hearses and you could only die by hemp. And Ahab is like, well, I fucking can't die, You can't smoke a hill of death. No one's ever died from marijuana. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Legalize. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm not getting hanged anytime soon, so fuck that whale. And then, and then he also says, I will die. This is the Fidala, the um, soothsayer guy. I will die before you die, Ahab. And I Ahab's like, you want to, like, not good. around that boat. <laughs> fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> You're not doing anything for the whales. So... Ahab has the, he has this crazy mania of I have to kill the whale because it ate this my is like, leg. This is the 
this is the definition for when people say, uh, what is it, megalomania? Mon- monomania? Monomania. And they monomania, use that term throughout the book. They, Melville is the day. Like, when people <laughs> define it now, they talk about Ahab. He's a one thing that he's fixated on. Monomaniacal. So he's like, I'm going to go kill that whale. He ate my foot. And then... I feel like you should base your life on better stuff. Well, he had nothing else. I mean, he also had a family and children, which are, like, really swept under the rug. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, they're still there, man. You lost a foot. Deal with it. Just, you got a really you know. fucking sweet leg made of ivory or a it whale used bone. to be a whale. <laughs> like, things could be worse. Back in the old days, shit. You could die of dysentery. Yeah, you could die of pooping yourself. You lost a foot. Most <laughs> people fuck did. over it. So he's like, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to track down that goddamn whale that ate my foot, and I'm going to kill him. I'm going to fuck him to death. I'm going to kill a whale. That's my revenge. But he asks, he has this dude, and like the first third of the, like the first quarter of the book, you never see Ahab. Ahab does not appear until chapter 35. And then like 10 chapters, yeah, big time. Jesus. Yeah. Well, the chapters are wildly short. Yeah. It's a very yeah, the, the, I think the book is like 135 chapters. Um, it's, it's something like that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Uh, plus an epilogue, which is like four pages. It's a short one, yeah. But it's, it's the, the chapters are very short. Except for the ones that aren't. Except for the ones about whale long. paintings. The one's like, and this is what a whale, this is what the narwhale looks like. The cetology chapters, holy shit. Cetology is the study of whales, of course, as Finback employees mm-hmm. are trained on day oh, one. yes, yes. And science. Learning. <laughs> One of the many sciences. A science. <laughs> There's so, a lot of sciences, but that's the most important one. For Finback, yeah. So, and in fact, I mean, Finback whales are mentioned in the book several times as the whale you cannot catch. I don't know if you... As opposed to the right whales who are the bitch of the sea. The right whales who are, they you just, know, against entitlements. He shit talks right whales all the time. Right? Like R-I-G-H-T? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I, got, I, I have no idea what a I mean, right whale is. It's an actual is. kind of whale, but it's just, it's one of the species he kinda of like, He kind of like bunches the whales into broad categories, and one is the right whale. Hmm. And those are like shitty whales. That there's like nothing He's good like, to eat out of them. Why would we enough. fucking hunt them? Those are bitch-ass whales. I haven't heard of them. I'm sorry, right whale. Uh, that's because you're not a whaler. I guess. In 1852. And I haven't read Moby Dick. modern people we know, sperm whale, blue whale, from the Natural Museum. Jizz whale. Splooge whale. The splooge whale. Splooge whale. Uh, uh, the the, the Kumgutler whale. Which is actually a killer whale, technically, because it kills uh, your boner. J- Jiving whale from Bright Size Orchestra. Jump jiving whale as well. <laughs> That's the one that leaps. Yeah, different one. But there are, the right whale is a thing. I think they're in, endangered as shit. There's not many left of them. Hmm. Is that right? And that's right, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> very right. Mm. But so there's these chapters like, here are the types of whales. And he goes through them, and you're like, all right, I know a whole lot about whales now, Herman. Thanks a lot. Cool, Herman. And it's like, all right. And then we were swapping the decks, and Ahab said, if you catch the whale, you get this nugget of gold. It's like a Spanish doubloon or some shit. So Ahab, I mean, it's, it's reading it the second time through, it's very clear that Ahab is crazy. And everybody else is like, I don't really know. He's also crazy. But, we but they're getting paid for three years. They don't give a shit. They get their clothes yeah. for three years. Yeah. There's one more beer here, by the way. We have to try this. This is the special one from the can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's on uh, tap. Yeah, so this he one's... one. Somebody special. drank all of theirs. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, <laughs> so this one's the uh, Smooth Beats Miami. We brewed this one a few times. It's uh, originally a collaboration with Jay Wakefield. Uh, I've heard that name, actually. It's out of uh, Florida. Um, it's like and so being that it's what Florida, we're like, why not make a coconut IPA? Uh, it comes in like at 6.2%. It's not like dank and hazy like some of those but it's like the concern when you say coconut IPA you're like I don't I don't want suntan lotion but it's not at all like that so mm-hmm. so hopefully you guys like it you can really taste the coconut but it's a, not too did strong did you say Avicii before Fine, I think yeah. You, yeah, this beer wakes uh, no me I definitely up. did but <laughs> he might have been drinking this beer wakes me up he was okay. a uh, prolific alcoholic so this, this actually is, is nice delicious it, it is a really light good. kind of a 
So this is another one that we kind of think of as like a summer seasonal. So we brewed it like okay. a, ha- a hair bit early this year because, you know, it snowed two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Some horseshit, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot, God. Oh, there's more in this can. A prize. Oh, yeah. The bottom of this can says, always bring a towel. Dude. Oh, man. Cool. We did that book. We almost did that book. <laughs> we, we kind of talked <laughs> we about it. We kind of book. thought about, we think, were thinking about talking vague, about that one. The vague idea of that book. Yeah. We said there was space, and then uh, we drank beers. Good movie. Which one? Uh, that one about that book. about With Moe's Def. But yeah. there's like a... You ever see the one from the 80s? No one likes that. Oh, no. Oh. There's another one? Oh, yeah. yeah that oh, was, wow. There was an old-timey one. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, Moe's Def. Hmm. And it was most definitely terrible. The one from the eighties. Oh, wow. Most most def was great. I mean, the, the the new one was pretty good. Sam Rockwell too, right? Sa- he was Zephod. And then English guy. And Zoe Deschanel was uh, tri- Trillion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who was the main guy? Uh, Some fucking limey. Was Martin Freeman. Right? Yes, yeah, Martin, Martin Freeman. Was Martin, Martin Freeman. Was it Martin Freeman? The yeah, it was. He's Bilbo. That dude. Yeah. Dildo Baggins was the. Dildo Baggins. Isn't he in Black Panther? Yeah, he is. He's a CIA, but he's a American. He's an American. He's an American agent. It was great. Black Panther was fucking fantastic. Great book, though. Black Panther? No. African-American Panther. I mean, sure it was. Yes, actually. uh, (laughs) Have you read the whole... There's like 17 of those Hitchhiker's books. I think there's seven. It's a four-part trilogy. I was going to say, I thought I read Six or seven in the the trilogy? Well, there's five that um, (laughs) Douglas Adams wrote, and then there's like a short story, and then there's the one he died that he didn't finish, that somebody finished. I've definitely not read that. And it's probably just more jokes. I've read the five books in the trilogy. Yeah. (laughs) I it's, don't think that's how trilogies work. It's on the that's cover. It's, it's like the fifth that's book in called. the increasingly, I'm not sure if it's increasingly misnamed yeah. trilogy or something like that. It says on the cover of the book when they first published it. Wow, I feel dumb now. That's I need to, I need to read more books. You go on the Drunk Guys Book Club. That's what, that's what learning mm-hmm. is. So what do you think? You're going to go run out and read Moby Dick right now? Oh, no. I was thinking more like uh, <laughs> uh, something else. <laughs> Anything but Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, which one's the last one? Can I just skip to the end of that series, or do I have to read the first two to really understand? Oh, you, you, you wouldn't understand you, the plot you, you unless need, you read the first two. You, you need you the first one hundred shades. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't love me. He loves me. He doesn't love me. Why does he treat me like he that? He loves me from behind. <laughs> so what's that one guy's name? Uh, Quidditch. He got married. Had some stuff on his face. Oh, queer. Uh, queer. Queequeg. Queequeg. What happened Quidditch. to Queek? What happened to Queequeg? I'm actually dying. He was almost. He almost died. <laughs> he said there was and a chapter. He chapter called Queequeg in his coffin, and he was very sick. And they built him a coffin, and because they built the whole he thing. Wanted it, and then it was just like, and then he got better because he. And this is where, the, the, a major theme. Like this is, I'm sure, like somebody's master's thesis is the master's racism penis. in this book. So there's a bunch of white characters, and they represent different regions of America. But there's also a bunch of just non-white people. And there's Queequeg, who's a Polynesian. There's Tashtigo, who's a gay head Indian. I'm not really sure where they are from. Uh, They're from the Lower East Side. (laughs) And then there's um, Dagu, Dagu. who is from Africa. He's like an African prince who's like six and a half feet tall and just like, I'm going to go whaling. In her Melville's words, a Negro hyphen savage. Yeah, they're all savage pagans, whatever. Everybody is white except the harpooners are savages. Which is important later to Ahab when he makes his special harpoon to kill Moby Dick. <laughs> Do you remember the scene? There's a scene where Ahab's like, I need, a, I need a fucking new harpoon, guys. I just remember that, like, chapters 118 and 124, where the fuck it is. It's, like, way, far, way too far into it. They have a whole yep. chapter de- dedicated to the, the background of the blacksmith and the carpenter. Where mm-hmm. I was like, oh, by the way, there's a carpenter on the boat, and he did all this stuff. And he just tells it like it is, and he makes shit out of wood. Yeah. And, and, and whalebone. So 
Ahab has those guys. He's like, he, he goes to the blacksmith. He's like, make me a harpoon. Make it out of racehorse nails because that's fucking badass. And then he's like, all right, whatever. I'll go faster. And then he's like making them. And Ahab's like, no, let me show you how it's done. And he starts making it himself. And then he says, all right, you three non-white people on the boat, won't you give me a little blood to baptize us? And then he, and they're like, okay, boss. And then he, they cut their hand or whatever they do. And he's like, I'd baptize this not in the name of the Father, but in the name of Satan. And he says that in Latin. It's ridiculous. Wow. He's like, I need, <laughs> I need the dark blood so I can kill the, the white whale. It's there like, are oh. a lot of religious overtones in the book. There's like a, a ton, ton of Jonah references. Again. The last boat they meet is called the Rachel. That's a biblical name. It can't be accidental, the amount of biblical stuff in the book. Certainly. He mentions Noah a ton of times. Is the, uh, wh- who is Rachel from the Bible? I don't know. I didn't read it. I don't either. We have the, the Rachel is yet. the one that saves him. That saves Ishmael because they're saves busy Ishmael. looking yeah, yeah. for their dead crew. They're looking, they're looking for the dead captain's son. Everybody else is dead. I have not Every, read Everybody else, so like, they, they cross the Rachel before they meet Moby Dick. And he's like, hey, my son was on one of those boats and he's going to die. And they're like, hey, suck a dick. And they go yeah, that's fight. what Ahab says, more or less. Basically says, go suck a dick. Go suck en- dick. Enjoy the dick. <laughs> and then they go off. <laughs> To fight Moby Dick, Forsooth, and they get fucking fucked up, and then everybody dies except Ishmael, and the Rachel finds him, and in the end, yeah. Well, every, so I assume but Rachel's captain son dies. What we're cutting out is that every boat they meet, the first thing, like there's a whole chapter about when boats meet and they have this ceremony, and the captain comes out and they boat have, friends, and they're like, let's have a cup of tea, and we'll talk about whales. There's a word for it. It is. Do you know what? I, I can't remember what it was. Rachel was a favorite of Jacob's two wives. Nice. She, was, she was the hotter one. I'm sure it gets deeper than that. This is also, it's weird De- that deeper is why she was the favorite. There are almost really no female characters in the entire book. No, except for uh, except I mean, for Ishmael or maybe Quickwick. One of them was you know. Well, yeah, I never know who's the top. But, but like, there's like sailors. There's, there's like there are the, no there's, women. Yeah, there's the innkeeper's wife in the very beginning, maybe. But beyond that, there are none. None. It's no. Yeah. It's like the, the names of boats are maybe it. But it can't be an accident. Like, Rachel's a book of the Bible. I'm pretty sure there's an Old Testament book of Rachel. It's a Jewish name. Yeah, but the Old Testament I don't know is what Jewish. It, I don't know what like, it, I don't know what it means. Up. I just know it's a Jewish name. I, I and mean, I've had yes, 14 fucking beer, beers. 13. 13. <laughs> <laughs> the night is young. So Jewish. close. <laughs> so close. I guess I should yeah. mention these are not full pours. I didn't just give if you 13 pints of beer. There was full God, pours. You're, you're making a sound less manly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, yes, these are 13 I'm, full I'm gonna, pints 13 of beer. I'm going to untuck it back. <laughs> 13 growlers of beer, yes. You, you've nuntucked it? Nuntucked it. But the, the biblical references can't be an accident. They can't be an accident, no. No, no references of these days are an accident. But. Wait, so she's the favorite wife of Jacob? Uh, yeah, so of the, mag- the Magic Google tells me that uh, she was his That's favorite David. wife of his two wives. Right, shit. I don't remember. Uh, like Jacob and Esau, the twins? Because they mentioned them at some point, too. I mean, it's definitely possible. There's, I mean, there's a lot of biblical shit back in the day, certainly, and everyone knew them better than we know them now. And almost none of it's about Jesus. It's all about Old Testament, you know, well, that early was, stuff. That was the depressing shit. Well, I mean, whatever it was, there's a lot of details where you're like, I really, I vaguely remember this from Sunday school, but I'm like, I don't really know. I don't remember Jacob means. and Esau at all. I mean, I don't know that Jacob and Esau the other one stole the other one's birthright. They're, I don't, I don't. The prodigal son? No. No, it's a different story. See? God damn it. Sunday school fit. God damn it. He was trying not to damn it. He was trying to undam it. I, and then I feel like I really need to read this with like a person who's going to... Like a minister. Like a Sherpa. Someone's going to say, here, this is what that chapter's about. I'm like, oh, that makes so much fucking sense. Cliffnotes.com. I actually, I'll admit, um, when I was rereading it, 
I, every once in a while, I would check Spark Notes and read the Spark Notes look, sections. I'm I like, tried to look that up too. What are the illusions that I'm missing? Well, just like, what was that chapter about? And then they would be like, oh, this is a chapter where Ishmael talks about what a whale head looks like. I'm like, all right, good. I didn't miss anything. Most of it was that bullshit. Like, how different are whale heads? Uh, oh my god! One, for, if one whale is oh. for fucking bitches. Can you do a science, please? <laughs> do a science. How one many? kind of whale sucks, dick. <laughs> I'm a psychology major. That's a science. Oh, he's, really? he's analyzing. It's not a right whale head. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about your whale head. It's never about the fluke. <laughs> the, apparently, there are le- legitimately two chapters of. Here's what a right whale head is like. Here's what a sperm whale head is like. Figure it out. He spends a lot of time trash talking non sperm whales. And then, how did he find one whale in the entire freaking ocean? Yeah, that, that was the weirdest thing. The entire Pacific Ocean. Oh, he narrowed it down. Yeah, that makes sense. He's like, hey, you it's found it? Third, I saw it a day ago. It's a That's third a of the entire globe. You found one, one whale, whale on a third of the entire earth? Yeah, but dude, that whale. Like, how many chapters that, is that? That whale fucks. Every fucking time he saw somebody else who had a piece of wood they were floating on, he was like, hey, you see the white whale? And they'd be like, no. And they're like, oh, fuck off and die. And then another person would come like, yeah, we heard about the white whale. I was like, where was it? And they're like, I, I heard it was made up. And they're like, well, you could suck a bag. And then, how about you? Every, it's like every 20-ish chapters, he meets yeah. another boat. And they're like, yeah, we saw the white whale. He's like, really? Where? Tell me all about it. And they're like, I think it was uh, my, f- I heard about I mean, it in my youth. Like, fuck in, off. In the scheme of things, it's, I mean, I, they don't actually say how long things are, but it's a three, it's a three-year tour. It's about a year-ish. So a it's, year. it's a year is. It's better than you know, a three-hour tour. Well, that's because you end up on a fucking island. <laughs> yeah. Ginger isn't there to make raiders out of coconuts. Don't fucking look at me. Ginger's coconuts are what kept him alive on that island. So they just like wander around and he's... It they just, just wander clear. around the Pacific Ocean. It becomes clear about half... Because Ahab is constantly referring he's to his old case. maps. And he's like, this is where I saw the whale. And he's just taking them to where he saw Moby Dick. And everybody else is like, have you seen, he's like, have you seen the white whale? And that's all he cares about. He doesn't give a shit about being, you know, solvent. He doesn't care about. His, well, he's got his two masters. more. He's got two more years to, you know, break even. But they talk about earlier in the book how the whalers don't come back to port until they have filled every vessel on the ship with whale oil, like beakers strapped onto the mast. You know, like guys' boots filled with whale oil, like anything. By the way, have we talked about what's, what's, why they're called sperm whales? We have not talked about it, right? So they're called the sperm whale because in the sperm whale's head, he's got like that fucking fluid. It's a jizz, yeah. He's got he's got jizz all in his head. So the sperm whale's head is filled with this white liquid that apparently helps the sperm whale navigate. And they're like, yeah, that's 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 the whale sperm. It stays in its head. And then they're like, an average person would be like, why would the whale sperm be in its head? But later on, it comes out in the book that the whale's nipples are by his anus. So they're like, who knows? You know, it's God works in mysterious ways. That's and a he, science right there. <laughs> that's a serious science. Yeah. So. Uh, the, so this book came out in like 1850, 1851? Something like that, yeah. Like petroleum wasn't discovered until 1859. Yeah, like whale oil was the So whale thing. oil was what you had, what you that used the, to light your they, lamps during every, the night. Everyone's lamp was whale oil. So there, there's a whole chapter about how, you know, whaling captains and, and, and whaling, whaling ship owners are like the richest people on the planet. Oh, I was going to say, like one of the other questions you guys are like... Should everybody read this book, or who should read this book? Oh, that's coming. We, we definitely yeah. talk about that. Speaking but. of sperm, that's coming. All right. Hello. So our, our beer Sherpa brought us one new thing that is uh, not on tap. Uh, it's new for you, but it's the uh, Telephone Lines, which is a uh, Pilsner. Uh, it's 5.2%. You might also be able to hear our forklift in the background. These are very Maybe. sensitive microphones. <laughs> I'd fuck that forklift. 
Uh, so anyway, top dollar singular on these microphones. <laughs> you use the whole, use the whole fist. That's cool. Don't worry about that. Oh no, I was just confused why they're even using the forklift right now. They're so, bringing more beers over here. So again, we we do a lot of IPAs, we do a lot of uh, stouts and sours, and pilsners are like not what we're known for. But we put out it's it's actually a, a rotating series that all involve the word line. So like horizontal lines, vertical lines. Telephone lines. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. So this one's just so we, with each of these different ones, we're uh, highlighting a different hop, and so we lightly hop the beer, and then we, in this case, it's Citra, and so we'll do some more, and they'll have some this different was, uh, lines. There was another Citra before this. The one that was with it was like with Citra, Citra, and more Citra. That right. was the hand it over. Hand it over, yeah. Yep. Which was fucking awesome. Yes. Thank you. Yes, it was. It was. I mean, you already fair. told us you didn't make it, man. Don't take credit. Well, I, I uh, we'll give you credit though. I put it. I put it in the can. <laughs> Emotionally. So. Now, we'll give you credit for all. Do the you have cans. like seal the lid on the can? Like that's pretty badass. Oh, there's tell, a cool tell, tell oh, yeah, the bottom is hello, how are you? Uh, telephone lines. That's at a van. Oh, this is the fucking things you were talking about. Yeah, um, I can't believe how many. Fin- I mean, I, this is probably my sixth, fifth or sixth time here at Finback. Every time I come, I buy at least one or two four packs, four packs to bring home. You should come more often. Like, what do they eat on the boat? They actually do mention it briefly. They eat uh, a shit ton of like pickled beef and stuff like that. Like they bring on barrels of food. And only one guy on the crew eats the whale. Like what whale? The one a, a whale. Just oh, like they like caught a whale just for. So they, they they hunt sperm whales because the sperm has that yeah, the hedges. Hedges. And um, the spermacetti, which is has nothing to do with you know with the, procreation. Uh, Starbuck can talk about the uh, whale steak. Yeah, Star Starbuck. He's like they they've like there's a day they catch a whale, they tie it to the side of their boat, and they're like we're gonna we're gonna tap that whale for its they, hedges they, they later. Cut off its head. So the, the head can stay tied to the boat. Yeah, because the whale is 90 feet long or whatever it is. And it will make the boat tip at a fucking, you know, full 90 degree But angle. he's like, make me a whale steak. And everybody else is like, that's gross, dude. <laughs> Nobody eats that. So they kill a whole whale just for its head. Totally. And, and one dude's like, let hey me man, eat head's that. Right let me get a little bit of, let me get a little head nugget out of that. And they're like, don't be ridiculous, stub. <laughs> and, then he's, and he eats it, and he's just a prick to the, the cook. And this is another element of the book. I mean, the book was written pre-Civil War. Mm-hmm. So there are race... Like, I mean, any I guess any American novel is going to have racial elements. But it's pre-Civil War. There are black characters and white characters. And the black characters are all mainly subservient. You know? And um, Stubb is like... Well, the cook is, the is, cook is pretty, black. pretty explicit. He's, and he's like, make me a steak. And it's like, this feels uncomfortable. And then he's like, make me a better... Cook that steak right. He spends a whole chapter, like, shit-talking about... He just yells at the cook to make him a really good whale steak. Your steak isn't good. And then the whole time, Ishmael's like, and by the way, nobody eats those steaks. That's weird. (laughs) It's It's more of a... It's more more of a pride thing. It's it's like... It's weird. I think it kind of, like, harkens to, like, the pecking order of the whale... Of the ship. It's like... like, It's like, you killed the whale, you get to eat the steak. No one likes the taste of steak, but you've earned it, therefore, here, have it. I guess that was the other question. So the harpooner guys, they're like throwing harpoons at the whale. Yeah, and they this have, they're like pre, tied to like, a rope. Gun shooting. Well, only harpoons. only like Starbuck or someone. no. The harpooners are Testigo, Queequeg, well, and maybe, Dagu. The, the people who uh, there's a whole chapter discussing the technique of the harpooners, where some throw it and some toss it up in the air and catch it in their palm. Yeah, as a thing, a two-way thing, and it was like just Starbuck and Flask or some shit. One of, Those are the mates. Yeah, some of the it was just one of the mates where they will they'll palm it towards a whale as opposed to just tossing it. I don't know what the fuck, but you know. But the main harpooners are dudes who are not white. Every harpooner is some kind of non-white guy. Yeah, which is another thing. Like, why is this a great American novel? Well, 
it comments directly or indirectly. Players, all the best baseball players are Dominican. <laughs> and the bass players tend to not be white. Well, I mean, that's a fact. But, like, all the, ba- all the harpooners are not white guys. And they end up being kind of, like, paired with... Yeah. They're an extension of the mates. But, like, there's a mate who's, like, from the Deep South, and then there's a uh, harpooner who's from Africa. And you're like, well, that Dagu. Whoa, what else that happened? And then there's another mate who's from Nantucket. I forget which one's which, but, like... And then there's, like, the super pagan Polynesian harpooner. Like, they kind of go in pairs. The Polynesian harpooner is... Queequeg. Queequeg, yeah. I, I, well, he gets he gets assigned to Starbuck because he's the best, and Starbuck is the first mate. But Starbuck's from fucking Nantucket, isn't he? Yeah, but Starbuck, Starbuck chooses him because he is the best harpooner. Yeah, but but like, but like when you, like, look at the data, it's like, wait a second. So How come they're paired up? And here's another thing. The Pequods? Super foreshadowing. Pequods were a Native American tribe. That died out. That were no, they didn't die out. They were, they were exterminated. exterminated. Yeah. yeah, they were fucking. It was that. That's not King Philip's War. That's a different thing, right? Uh, I don't know. They it, were killed. It could have been anything. This is pre-American Revolution. The Pequods were an American Native American tribe who were killed to virtual extinction. What a terrible name for your ship. That's going. That everybody's going it's, to it's, die on. It's not a on. promising name. I mean, it's, it, you look at that, it, I feel like that's the sort of thing where I'd be in high school, a high school class where I didn't read the book, and they'd be like, so the Pequods, we all died, and everybody died on the Pequod, and I'd be like, holy f- inception, and it fucking happened. <laughs> but that feels like lazy by Melville. Like, but it was way more recent for me, Melville. For him, no, that's what I mean, he, I'm like, for us, it's like, oh, whatever, it's a name, but for like, if you were reading this in 1860, you'd be like, oh, that ship is done. If you were reading this, you'd say you were already ahead of the yeah. game. If you had read it in 1860, you were one of the, like, 300 people who bought it. You could have read. But he... Here's the thing. Melville's first book is Taipei, which is... is, Taipei? Taipei. I read that one, actually, so suck it back. How the fuck are you saying Taipei? T-Y-P-E-E. What the fuck is Taipei? It's a fictional island in the Pacific. Published in the 1840s. He was a fucking hot-shot writer for a while. He wrote these books about his whaling experience. Taipei and... Omu, which I never read. I've read Taipei in college. Omu, never read. And then people were like, this is awesome. The po- like, fucking the Pacific Islands are crazy. There's like women with their tits out and like people swimming That's around. Good. And it's and it was good. <laughs> and then he rested. Boobs are cool. <laughs> but like those are the books. And then a bunch of books come after and everybody's like, yeah, you shot your load, Herman. Done. And then he comes out with Moby Dick and they're like, yeah, that was if you thought the other shit was doable, this is ridiculous. This is like sting tantric sex. So he had this experience as a sailor, a whaleman, whatever, and it adds this like verity to whatever he's talking about. The other thing that's really important to think about, though, Melville went out to the sea as a young man, and that's what Taipei and Omu and all those other things were based off of. Taipei based off Taipei? Like the it's not Chinese Taipei. No. It was called Formosa at this time. Oh, so he, it was just coincidence. It's like a Polyn... Fiji, you know, like a random Polyn... You know, whatever island. Okay. He went around... And he wrote about what he saw and made a book about it. So when he writes these books, people are like, that's really fascinating. Because the age of exploration is not really quite done. Like in the 1840s, mm-hmm. people are still like, there's fucking other pieces of rock on this planet you've never seen. And then he writes about them. And they're like, that's amazing. And he writes these little stories about, here are the weird people that live there. And this is what they do. And people are like, that's really cool, Herman. And he writes those books and he's successful. And then over the next, like, ten years, he eventually gets to the point where he's like, I'm going to write a book about a whale, and you're going to love it. And then everyone's like, nah, not quite. (laughs) Another time. Another time, Herman. But if you read his first couple books, his first book is really readable. 
Taipei is it's like 200 pages. Uh, if you hold it next to Moby Dick, it's like the calf to the the real real well. So like Melville writes this crazy book. I mean, I think there's got to be some what's like meta. We talked about this earlier. Melville had to have some sort of like monomania in writing the book to create the book. You know what I mean? Like the monomania in the book is Ahab and his obsession with the whale. But like to to know this much fucking bullshit about whales, Melville had to have he, some sort of mania. You know, too yeah. much. It's too much about whales. Too much. It's well beyond the rational amount of whale talk. It is boring. I see Jimmy's point about how boring the book is. I mean, I can I can, I can I can deal with a boring book, but this was there was so much non-plot happening. I think part of it, though, again, I, I alluded to this earlier. Like Melville and Nate uh, um, confirmed, Melville went whaling. Melville, I mean, I, I don't doubt his whaling ability. It's not inaccurate, but he's not. It's it's just. What the fuck is most of this book for? But he talks about when he, Ishmael, he, Ishmael talks about learning about the whales while reading about them on the sea. And that's what Melville did. It's like Melville like ran into this weird territory where he's like, let me compare like the things I know, the things I've learned about, the things I've experienced. And he comes up with this crazy, complicated story. And one of the things I read, and Nate and I were talking about this earlier, trying to figure out why is this a great book? You know, like many people say this is the great American novel. Well, part of it is that Moby Dick defies easy interpretation and it defies easy classification. There's stuff about science. There's stuff about fucking nature. There's stuff about philosophy, stuff about the Bible. And it's all wrapped up into this crazy story. I and mean, what, what do you think about that, Nate? So, yeah, it's a book that has so much in it. You could, uh, my, my thought was, you could interpret into the book whatever you want to interpret into the book. It's like there's so many different things, and he goes on for 700 pages about whales that if you want to see Jesus in the book, okay, great, you could totally find that in the book. If you want to find anything you want, if you want to, to find, find Jesus, in the book, can you find Jesus in the book? I'm sure yeah. you could. You can. Whatever There's interpretation you're looking for, whatever the thing is that you think is most important, you could find it in the book, and you could make a case that that's what the book is about. And so my sort of guess as to why this is the great American novel is because anyone who has a particular point of view can find their point of view in the book. I, I mean, yeah, no. It's well-written. It's fine. I just, I just hate this book. I mean, that's me. I, I'm not trying to convince anyone... Either way, Eric, you've you've read the idea part of it. Of watched it with your dad. Yeah, I definitely I definitely read the opening sentence. That mm-hmm. counts. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> the most important sentence. And I remember the beginning and the ending of the movie. Was this the Gregory Peck movie? Gregory Peck. Yep. He didn't seem to like that whale. Uh, you guys lost me when you said seven hundred pages. It's a huge yeah. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like three hundred pages. I'm down. <laughs> 400? Only four inches. Well, that's a big part of the book. I think for, I mean, we're all dudes here. It's, it's daunting. I think there's a thing in literature for men in particular where it's like, that's the like Olympus to climb. Like, that's the thing. I have I have done that. Well, it's not, I mean, the it's Everest not, I want to read Infinite Jest and uh, I want to oh. read, um, <laughs> oh. one of us has read that. <laughs> and uh, Only one. Oh, God. What's the Dubliners guy? James um, Joyce. Ulysses. What's that book? What's that Joyce. one? Ulysses. 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 I want to read that. But or Finnegan's Wake is what you're talking yeah. about. No, Ulysses is one of them. I mean, I've read some big-ass Russian books that have been translated, but, like, I don't know, Moby Dick, I think I started it on my own in high Co- school. Compared to those, it's a bitch-ass work. Yeah, like, I started reading Moby Dick, and I think I was just like, and, lo- and uh, what is it, Last of the Mohicans. 
was the probably series. like probably both the same year. Like maybe I was a freshman. I thought I was like, ooh, I'm special. And then I put them both down, like made it a couple chapters in. So it'd be interesting to revisit it like as like an adult who knows how to read and appreciate it. But it would take a year for me. I read like the biography of Che, Che, and that's like 700 pages, but that took me well over a year to actually crush through it. And I'm a slow reader. That's a long time. Yes, <laughs> a year. That's I've read a book. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's more than most regular people, though. So yeah. you're, you're ahead of 99% of the people. In yeah. The world. So I mean, like one a year is so sitting a here with solid you guys, gain. Like I'm thinking, like, well, what's the point of this book? If I read this, what am I gaining? And I'm like, oh, I mean, I would feel good about myself. Like I, like at this point, I know this book came out like 200 years ago or whatever. That's math. I would be like... one of the scientists. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, oh, wait, if I read this right now, I'd be like, hey, I feel good because I was able to read this giant book. But, I mean, like, do I need to? Like, again, is it culturally significant? Like, has everybody read it? Is it pointing to us? Like, how many people are whaling? Do I need to know about whaling? So, I'm like, I'm feeling okay skipping this one. I like his uh, his other one that we mentioned earlier. The Bartleby the Scrivener. Bartleby the Scrivener. Like, I'd rather not. I would prefer not to. I'd prefer not to. Sorry, I paraphrase. Uh, <laughs> like, when it comes to uh, Moby Dick, I guess I'd prefer not to. I, I, I totally hear that. That's a really valid response. It is a huge commitment. Like it, I read it, and it fucking sucks. I, I don't think it sucks. I, 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 I think it's interesting. I think the language. I think I'd be interested in the language. The, lang- the language is... Is great. I don't fault and, him for the language, and, I, and it's, it's well written and it's interesting. And I like that it's like, but it's, it's literally something that I will never do. I'm never going to go bullshit. on a boat and hunt a whale or hang out with dudes for three years or go to Phoenicia or whatever. I, 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 went yeah. to Ber- I went to Berkeley, so <laughs> nice. Um, so I hung out with a lot of dudes so, for four uh, years. So uh, like, like that part that's like this is a exposing me to. Maybe I shouldn't say that. This is exposing me to something I don't know. You know, it's a book I want to read, but like, it's probably going to sit on the shelf for a couple decades before I get around to it. I, so at the end of the day, is this a book people should read? That's no. the most important question, because if it's the great American novel, you kind of have to know. I don't think so. I mean, I admit right. I'm biased. But... I've known since you gave it a one on Goodreads. <laughs> do you do Goodreads, man? I do. Uh, I'm gonna if you want to follow the drunk guys club. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay to be fucking wrong. Wait, I, no, is there a Goodreads for drunk guys book club? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, we, we actually, it's like the least maintained of our social media. Do you guys, guys like vote together? In the no, we, you're a like, one, I'm a five, it's a two. I feel like we you make, probably just, one of you guys I just do it. it. Yeah, I just give it a random rating. You gave it whatever rating you already gave it first. No, you know what? When I read it the first time, I gave it a five because I've been on Goodreads for a while now. I gave it a five star and then I read it, that was uh, four years ago. I read it again. I gave it, I'd give it a four. I still think it's really good. I hate it. I know it's challenging, but challenging doesn't I mean, mean I, bad. I've read challenging before. I've read a lot of challenging. I hate this book. All right, that's fine. That's me. I don't think that it is bad. I don't think everyone should hate it. I hate it. But I'll let people decide what they want. I'm not going to be like, oh, hey, you liked it? Fuck you. <laughs> you do what you want to do, but I fucking hate it. Nate, what do you think? I think I probably didn't get it, and that most people probably won't get it. So unless you really are an English PhD, <laughs> you might want to avoid this book. But you kind of have to know about it. It's like a, a, a seminal part of American literature. That's, that's why Moby Dick is famous, as we said earlier, too. Only in, the ni- only in the 1920s did people say, maybe Moby Dick's important. And then they kind of like wedged it into the American canon. Well, I feel like I should mention beer-wise, there is a term, whales, 
when it comes to beers. Uh, Holy a, shit. A whale is a beer you cannot get. Typically... Like Dark Lord by Three Floyds? Uh, typically, it's going to be a bottled beer. So it's probably like some barrel-aged Imperial, whatever, you know, the Hawk and the Whale. Oh, God but damn a, that yeah, yeah, but a whale... But a whale... So, I mean, you know, like, you're like what's my... You know, it's just a term... Westy 12. Or yeah, but it's also a term just in society. Like, that's my whale. Like, it's... Moby Dick now is in the lexicon of the American language, you know, of... Uh, I guess that's all I have to say is that's my, what's your whale of any kind of thing like uh, music like you know oh I want to see De La Soul that's my whale or uh, you know I want to drink this beer that's my whale or I want to go to you know Fahiti or wherever Fahiti? Sure that's, yeah Fahiti? It's, yeah it's, I it's want a little, to go to Fahiti It's a mixture of Tahiti and um, Fiji <laughs> Yeah Sorry But anyway, Fiji Yeah so I mean like some even if nobody like I don't how many people a year do you think read this book like dozens I mean other than like PhD people I bet oh, thousands buy it and dozens read it yeah and so like but it's still it's a term in the lexicon that we all know like you know chase your whale bro well this is part nobody of nobody says bro by the way everybody says bro <laughs> but this is this is you know I think it's going back to episode one like this is a thing of if you are well read in America in 2018. You kind of have to know what this is about. Well, like the Call Me Ishmael, the only thing I could think of that's more iconic was it was the best of times or worst of times. Like that, as far as opening lines, mm -hmm. like that's the, the only one that I would say is like, oh, you, you know, is more popular or known. But again, like, that's fair. Yeah, but again, like, how many people get past that? It's that's like, a good, that's a really good book. Have you read it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I've read really it. It's a, it's a really good book. It's really good. I, I would say, I, poked at Moby Dick, <laughs> but uh, from what I've read, from what I remember, it is a good book, but I do remember also being like, holy shit, I didn't need to read that chapter, and then the next chapter, I was like, I didn't need to read that chapter either, and then I think by the third time I got into that chapter, if not needing to read it, it's probably when I put it down, but it w again, it would be interesting to read it now with as an adult with a bigger brain and like an, a better understanding of my mind's blanking, but you know when they say something, but they mean something else. Symbolism. Symbolism. You know, or just like that kind of stuff. Illusion. Illusion. Yeah, all those words, all those those fancy words. Those literary books. things. Yeah. The literary books. So I would say, you know, you got that extra month. It's worth reading. I I agree with you. I think you should try it, and just if you it, and this is the sort of thing like you, you're not sure if it's because it's true or not, but like you read a book like Moby Dick, you get to the end of it, and you're like, man, I fucking endured that. And then you go, I, I think I understand it. And then you say, is it because I, and you, I liked it? Is it because I liked it? Or is it because I have like book Stockholm syndrome? Yeah. And I'm like, I fucking spent enough time with that book. I better like it now. I have no choice. <laughs> book Stockholm syndrome is yeah, it's a kind of appropriate term. Okay. Tell us what you thought. Send, Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us at drunkguysbc on uh, Twitter as in book club. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And also, of course, uh, visit our wonderful hosts for the evening, Finback. They are available at Finback. I don't know what your fucking things are. Uh, we're finbackbrewery.com. You can check us out at facebook.com slash finbackbrewery. I've tagged them a lot. <laughs> Thanks. And some sort of twatter thing. Thank you very much for coming by, guys. We really appreciate it. Thank Thanks you for so having, having us. us. This is awesome. It's been a whale of an evening. Definitely. Oh, really good. <laughs> really, really, really great. All right. Shazam! Thanks for listening. <laughs>